Blog Talk Radio. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. Things that are going on. 
But first of all, I want to talk just a little bit about the major league uh, uh, trade deadline that's happening here soon. Watch out for that because there will be a lot of stuff going on there. Some guys are going to be moving and things of that sort. Maybe we'll jump into that a little bit here and talk about the trade deadline in Major League Baseball. Uh, also, just to let you know, the World Series of Poker, main event, final thing, it's, it's coming on. Now, I don't find that as sports. I, found it, I find it as a recreation. That's why we don't talk about it a lot. And same thing with golf. Golf's not a real sport. It is a recreation, but with a lot of things riding on it, that obviously being what's happening, Jordy. By the way, Jordan Spieth is bogey five holes in uh, round number four, and right now he's neck and neck with Mike Kuchar heading down the stretch here in this final round uh, uh, in in, uh, the PGA. And, of course, the the big-time stuff. By the way, ESPN tonight has the Cardinals and Cubs, those that – no, I'm from the area. I lived right in between. I'm both. So it's kind of one of those good games to watch. So that's going to be tonight. They got lots of other things going on regarding that. So, uh, but really, I want to, before we jump into baseball, I want to get to basketball. And I want to talk a little bit about Kyrie Irving's uh, demand. And, and frankly, folks, this is this is a shock, really, in reality. As far as where do you feel about it? I, you know, the you know, the trade demand does does that show that there is a uh, breakup, so to speak, as far as LeBron James and him are concerned, or does he see the writing on the wall that? This is just not going to work as we predicted up on this show. Because, because when the Cavaliers just really no-showed in the finals, it changed everything. And I told everybody the reason why this ended up happening. It came to the big stage, and I said, if, and this was a big if, and I even said it was a big if, if the Cavaliers could do what they did in the regular season, play that way into the playoffs, they had more of a shot. I didn't say they'd win. I said they'd have more of a shot, and instead they'd get embarrassed in the finals because why? It was a LeBron James I have to take over in order for him to win, and that's what wasn't successful for him. You can sit there and argue that all day long. It just comes out to how the team looked out on the basketball court. And granted, they were the really the only ones that really could put a shot into this. As much as I would have liked to say the Spurs could could do it, it, it just wasn't going to happen because Golden State's just that good. Now, if they didn't have an injury, I think they probably would have definitely had a better shot at what was going on there. But that's not the way it worked out. And you had Cleveland and LeBron James and LeBron James that – and I was rolling through my Facebook page the other day, and I was reading – we said, a lot of times I'll throw some stuff up there and not comment, but I will comment if someone does sometimes if I realize it, and I was doing the back and forth. And, and the really the, – the fact that it didn't even matter that LeBron James didn't win that championship. It was how he didn't win the championship – 
is the reason why that I put him in, not in the top ten. I went round and round with someone about LeBron James and where he stands as far as the um, top ten of all time were concerned. And I had people on me about it, and I had people making comments about the statement that he wasn't even in the top ten for, for mine. And I had a lot of people. Oh, that was terrible. Crazy knucklehead of terrible. They, they thought I was crazy. But, I, you know, I watched the game. I watch how this guy is. And, you know, it, lack of passion, folks, is a big difference when you are judging someone on their greatness instead of just going through the motions. LeBron James lacks passion but enjoys the spotlight. And until that changes, you know, he's more of a spotlight getter than showing his passion. So what he does out on the basketball court has got to be the thing that is important. And if he can't get that done, that's where the problem lies. Now, Kyrie Irving, I'm going to tell you right now, the news coming out of Cleveland can't be the best in the world. That tells you right away, you know, there's a problem. And I was reading on ESPN about one of these guys that are talking about that whole thing. And I'm, I'm not going to necessarily blast the guy, but I am going to make a point. And this comes from the guy who wrote uh, about a betrayal that Kyrie Irving is showing LeBron James because he wants out. Now, I don't know. I'm going to tell you straight out that there's, that problem is, is a LeBron James problem. And I will also say that once you figure out what you can and cannot say around LeBron James or what you can do, it's like walking on water when it comes to LeBron James. And some folks are out there saying that, you know, it's a betrayal. You know, he's, he's going against the back of the great LeBron James. Listen, right now, in that, in that series, Kyrie Irving was, was more of what was going on there. Bringing him into a championship, bringing him into the national spotlight, bringing him into everything that was going on. I got news for you. There is a thing called fairness. And when you play with LeBron James and you're as good as Kyrie Irving is, there's no fairness there. In fact, you get overshadowed. And people are saying that, you know, he, he turned his back on him. Listen, the Cavaliers right now, they have a situation that now if he's going to demand the trade, fine. Suck it up and see if you can find someone that can play with this guy. Right now, you have a guy who was putting it on the spot week in, week out, every time they went out on the court trying to work with him, but now that relationship is soured. And the question has to be, 
why did it sour? And I still go back to the fact is that they changed the way they played ball from the regular season to the playoffs. Some people think that that's a necessity to change the way you play ball going from the regular season into the playoffs. And to, to an extent, I, I, I somewhat believe it and agree with it. But to another extent, I don't. And that is the problem when I look at the whole situation regarding what's happening with a LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. And it's not a good thing. And everybody knows it's not a good thing. So what do you do about that problem? What can you change? Is there, is there something that you can do if you're LeBron James not to have a guy who really, in reality, was one of the guys that helped save this, helped them get where they are? You, if you don't think Kyrie Irving is that, is that guy who got them where they are, you're crazy. You're just not watching the game. LeBron James definitely is the guy that can bring whatever that needs to be brought in order to win games. I get it. But if a LeBron James cannot get a guy excited about playing with him who has the talents of Kyrie Irving, what does that say? And I, I'm going to read between the line guys sometimes. I want to know what's going on with that. Are you like me? I think most people are. And I want to know. I mean, it, it's, I mean, there's lots of speculation about what goes on and what's talked about regarding that. And it makes sense, too. You can, you can look at it and see what's going on as far as that's concerned. So that having been said, of course, the name of this show, what does that mean for the Cleveland Cavaliers? What does that mean as far as your franchise is concerned? You've got a franchise. You have the best player in the world, and I've already admitted to the fact that I think he is, but yet you can't get anybody to, with any kind of talent to play there. Does that mean that there's a problem with LeBron James? That's what I'm asking. Is the public persona of LeBron James the problem in Cleveland? One has to ask. I mean, because you got the guy who's supposedly the best player in the world right now, as he admits to himself and everybody else. And he's probably right. But why can't he get that? Why can't he find someone to play with him? Hell, even even Kobe Bryant, which, by the way, LeBron can't carry his jock, um, had his problems, but they still won championships. What's the difference? That's the big question. I mean, when you look at the greats, why can't he get the job done? Why can't he lead them to the promise of land? And you can't tell me he didn't have the tools. Now, simple situation is that he is in the prime of his career right now when the Golden State Warriors mentality is about team and talent more so than just talent. And that, my friends, is what I think is going on here. 
is, is that LeBron James is putting talent over team. And that's what makes it very hard for a player with Kyrie Irving's talent to where he feels like he's not being hurt, being subordinated in front of everybody because of who LeBron James is. And some people will put up with that smack. Some people can put it to the side and decide that whoever's talking the smack doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. And some people will just say, you know, screw it, I'm out of here. You know, I don't need this crap. I don't need to be amongst the best in the world, Mr. Egomaniac. And, folks, I, I've talked about it before on this show. What is the reason why teams have a hard time with a guy like LeBron James? Is because not only do the fans not like it, it's the guys that have to stand next to him and deal with that on a regular basis. And no one wants it. I'm telling you right now, folks, that's the reason why it's hard. Now, you'll have the young cats who don't have the talent – close to Durant or close to anybody else out there that's worth a nickel. You can, can't, you, know, you can get some talent, but it's not going to be the talent that gets you over there. You'll have plenty of guys that want to play with LeBron James, don't get me wrong, but notice how the superstars don't want to. Why is that? And, and that is really simple. Well, I don't have anything. Listen, when you have LeBron James right now, you've got pretty much what you need to make a, a winner. And they're not getting it. And why is that? It's not because the team isn't spending money. So I'm looking at that whole thing and everybody talking about, you know, Kyrie Irving, you know, is turning his back. He's a traitor. You know, it's a betrayal to LeBron James. You know what? Who cares? What we got to do is we got to get out of the who cares about LeBron James. You know, LeBron James hasn't got the job done in the years. Hasn't got, sorry, he hasn't. And we can talk about it all day long, and Kyrie Irving's going, this is just not worth it. Imagine if they kept Wiggins on that team. Why did Wiggins, that, that whole thing. So you've got to be able to take a look at the, what is in front of you and decide whether or not that's going to be good for you or not. So you, that's one of the things, and that's what Irving's doing. You know, this is me playing with the supposed greatest player in basketball right now. is not helping my career at all. Look at, look at what we've done. We've been embarrassed. We won a championship, yes. But last year, this past season, playing with this guy has become too hard. And I get where, where someone could come from that. And I still mark it down when I said it when it happened. I compared LeBron James to Dirk Nowitzki, not because of talent or anything else, but what it took in order for him to win that championship and bring it home to Cleveland is that he left it all out on the court, and now he doesn't have enough to close the next deal. He left it so much out on the floor. I don't think we see LeBron James in a championship unless he's on the Golden State Warriors. And by the way, a, tra- a trade to L.A., that might get him into the playoffs, which what L.A. needs, but it isn't going to be enough because they're not going to be able to get around what's going on in Golden State. 
Because guess what? Golden State has figured out. They have a formula right now where they're keeping all those big names and keeping everybody you know, happy. And two championships in three years, I'm telling you right now, they'll sell a lot of tickets and keep a lot of basketball players happy. That happiness is what is not going on in Cleveland. It's the reason why he wants out. Now, granted, that's personal opinion, and that's what this show is all about. So just just keep that in mind as we move forward and see what's going on in the NBA. And don't, and don't put this – I don't think you can put this on Kyrie Irving. I think you can put it directly on the shoulders of LeBron James, and LeBron James not doing what needs to get done. And that, and that is going to be a problem. Demanding the trade, I think it's great. Wow, $170 million extension coming from the Wizards. Altman's going to be named the Cavaliers GM. Good luck with that. You better figure that out. Sources say that Rose are, and, and that is huge with the Cavs. That's a huge story for basketball fans that have been watching a guy who still, for some reason, has not healed over all the things that they're going. But Derrick Rose is not going to sign with Cavs. Maybe he will. But he also meeting with the Lakers. The Lakers is the best place for him because I don't know if they can I, – I don't meet personally just watching and the Derrick Rose story, okay? I don't think playing with LeBron James is going to be a big thing. But you know LeBron James has been on the phone. So that, that's something to keep in mind. Do you hang on? By the way, are you not like me impressed with this rookie, the one with the big mouth father? You know, he's playing well in the summer. Hey, good for him. I'm glad. But I'm not impressed. Are you impressed? I know I'm not. Got a big mouth dad and you're playing well. As soon as he dumps him, this kid could be great. Until that happens, that's going to be a problem for that young man. I, I, I just, I watched that whole thing. It's about ready to blow up. You want to get on my three four seven two one five seven four ninety seven is the number to get a hold of me. We'll talk a little bit more about some basketball. We're definitely going to get into the NFL. Hopefully, wherever will get with us. A lot of work Sonny has to do, but I wanted to do this show here today. And if we don't get a lot of response, I'll talk over the things that I'm going to talk over, and then we'll bail, but hopefully we'll get Cuervo in. But we'll take our first break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll be right back. If the thing didn't move right when I pushed it. There we go. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast.
It always happens. 6 p.m. on a Saturday night and your heater or air conditioner goes out. What are you going to do? All the heating and air conditioning people are closed. How about 24-hour service available at 5-star HVAC contractors? You can be sure to be serviced amazingly fast. That's 5-star HVAC contractors serving RELED 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 214-457-8441. Call the experts at 5-star HVAC contractors. Let Spirit Outfitters be your home for any of your specialty needs. Spirit Outfitters can do it all. Whether it's screen printing, custom apparel, spirit gifts, or embroidery, Spirit Outfitters has you covered. Need personalized apparel? We can do that. Want something just for you? We can do that also. Spirit Outfitters will let your imaginations run wild. Give them a call at 972-412-3440 or visit their showroom at 3538 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 101 in Rowlett. Or check them out on the web as well at thespiritoutfitters.com. never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslow Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at coslowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Fit Body Boot Camp. What makes Fit Body Boot Camp a unique fitness program is the value of consistent coaching with a professional fitness trainer in a group environment that generates exceptionally high levels of fitness results. At Rowlett Fit Body Boot Camp, we offer complete fitness programs unlike any other that you've tried before. Our program it consists of unlimited group training sessions, fully customized nutrition planning, and a result tracking system designated to ensure our members achieve their fitness goals. Contact Tom or Mark at Fit Body Boot Camp located at 2502 Lawling Lane in Rowlett, Texas, or give them a call at 214-888-2848, or visit them on the web at www.rowlettfbbc.com. I do know how I feel, and I'm going to put it out there just really quick. 
I've never been afraid to do it. Why start now? LeBron James is a guy that can't be played with. If you have also have an ego or just have talent on a high level. I mean, look at the one, two, three, four championships they won over in Miami. Not. Can't play with the big egos. I've got to be the ego guy. This is really simple. Kyrie Irving is done dealing with the smack of LeBron James. And you can't blame and I, I will say this, if you do blame them, I, you're, you're, I think you're missing something here. I think you're seeing what is going on. Kyrie Irving can ball. Why can't they get the job done and be happy? Well, they didn't get the job done. They're not happy. After the championship that they won, coming back winning three games in a row, I'll tell you, this past year, watching them, not the same. Oh, you didn't know? And let's find out. I, I don't know. Your ass better call I'm, somebody. Yes. You better call him here. He is, he is the fine co-host of this program. It is Cuervo on a Sunday morning. That being said, Cuervo, good morning. Happy Sunday to you, my friend. Sonny Waza. Happy Sunday to you as well, my friend. Yes, I'm doing good. Hey, I want to ask you, I, you know, the, the thing on Kyrie, Kyrie Irving demanding a trade. I mean, after they win the championship two years ago, then no show. Let's be honest, no show to the finals. You guys, not it wasn't even it wasn't even there. I, it, it, it's got to say a lot, not necessarily about Kyrie Irving, but it has to say a lot about LeBron James that you can't keep a Kyrie Irving after you just won the championship two years ago. And try to maybe, you know, restock the shelf with something else and try to get something else and keep Kyrie there. This is a big blow to the Cavaliers. Also, a big blow to what it's like with playing with a LeBron James. Yeah, Sonny, well, you know, I mean, I think the problem is that, you know, when, when, when something goes wrong and, and you know, with Cleveland not winning this year, it's, you know, you look, you look right into, well, you know, how do we get, you know, I need new players. Like that's, that's the solution he has instead of taking the time to say, all right, let's, let's take a look at where we went wrong as a team during this finals and improve on it. Uh, But the problem is LeBron's solution is, well, get, get, get better people, get new people. Well, maybe maybe that's not really the what you need. Maybe the answer is just to kind of evaluate where you went wrong as a team and improve on that. Because let, you know, the thing that LeBron is forgetting, Sonny, and and I don't see how he doesn't see it. Because if we can see it, then he should be able to see it too. Is right now he the Cleveland Cavaliers right now with the team that they have assembled. They're the best in the Eastern Conference has to offer as far as com- being competitive in the NBA Finals representing the East. And if, if that's the case, then 
in reality, yes, it's all about getting better, but it might not. You might not have to do it through different personnel. It, 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 you can do it with the personnel you have and improve upon who you have now instead of, well, I need different guys. That's why, that's why he continues to struggle because he doesn't have the patience to work with certain guys and develop that chemistry. Um, all he's doing is just looking for the best talent. And you know what? That's not always the the right answer, you know. Um, you, you look at let's take the New England Patriots for example in the NFL. You know, whenever Tom Brady doesn't win a Super Bowl, he doesn't ask for, you know, I need better receivers. I think one time he he made a comment about receivers, <clears throat> you know, the receivers that he had because they kept dropping footballs. Okay, understandable. Since then, haven't heard a peep about it, and all he's done is won two more rings since then. So it wasn't about getting better receivers. It was about getting better with the receivers that he has. LeBron is not trying to get better with the, with the guys that he has. He's just trying to get better guys. Like, and, and to me, that's, that's not the answer, Sonny, because as, as you know, I mean, you being, being a guy that played basketball growing up, it's, you know, to me – it's not always about the best talent, uh, and I'm sure you, I'm, I'm sure you would agree with that. It's about working well with with who you have, and, and to me, that is more effective than just throwing a bunch of talent together. Because, I mean, as we've seen in Miami, the first year he was there didn't work out. Cleveland, first year he was there didn't work out. But as time went along and they got better together, they started winning. So. He hasn't figured that out yet. Like, come on, guys. It's not really – there's not really rocket science to it. You know, while you're – certain guys that you build that rapport with and you build that chemistry with, it's going to get better eventually. So just because they didn't win this year, Sonny, doesn't mean that they're a bad team and they need new guys. It's just – I mean, Golden Golden State is a the type. They like to buy championships, and there's nothing really – that can be done about that, except if you decide to follow that route and buy championships, then I guess that's what you want to do. But I think Cleveland's fine where they are, especially with how weak the Eastern Conference is. Well, I find that interesting that you mentioned buy the championship. I mean, it's kind of interesting that we talk about that in basketball. But, I mean, if you go back into the day where the Yankees were, quote, unquote, buying championships, people were appalled by that whole situation. It seems like to me, since you brought it up, I'll just, you know, go with it. Um, why are people upset about the Cavaliers or the uh, Golden State Warriors buying championships? Why Why is it different? I mean, I, I, I guess I, I want to know. Is it because that team didn't win for a long time and now they figured out in order to win they, they can get players and then buy other players and they got – slowly, progressively better, and then started, quote-unquote, buying players to make them better and, and buying the championship. Why Why are we not outraged about Golden State Warriors and their tactics to get the championship? I think people are, Sonny. Um, I think you do? Okay. Maybe I'm missing it. I, okay. I think the problem is that because Kevin Durant's not really – the uh, the number one quote unquote villain in the NBA, um, 
people kind of just kind of write it off. Um, give them a pass? So here's the, yeah, I mean, kind of give them a pass. Um, but I think the bigger, the, the bigger, the, well, I guess the closest alligator to the boat, if you will, with villains in the NBA is LeBron James because right. there's so many people, there's so many people that criticize him for the things he says and the lack of success that he's had. Um, you know, so people, people are more, fo- more focused on criticizing his career instead of what the really, what it really is all about. And, and it's that, you know, for the most part, I mean, they drafted Clay Thompson, they drafted Steph Curry, uh, Draymond Green and, and, and most of their guys. So Durant, Durant, they went out and got the Godala. They went out and got, um, you know, they they went out and you know whatever center they can find, they they went out and got. But for the most part, the nucleus is drafted. But you know, it's just kind of like I think what people don't like about Golden State is because they're they're so good that it kind of takes away from it kind of waters down the, the the NBA as a whole it's not really competitive when you just go out and you just try to completely annihilate everybody else which to me I mean that's what it's all about but I think how they're going about it is is what people have a problem with so I I guess I mean, maybe I'm missing it because I haven't heard a lot of people really complaining necessarily that they bought the championship. Um, maybe their frustration is they got the better players, but more than the fact that they're – I mean, look at what they're doing. They're playing – they're paying a hell of a luxury tax, which is what the Yankees were doing. Um, but the Yankees were hated for doing it. Maybe – and maybe that's – I don't think they're necessarily hated for doing it. They, they might be discouraged, but – I don't, I don't hear a lot of outrage, and maybe it's me, and maybe it's because I don't listen enough anymore, you know, as far as that's concerned for basketball. But I, I, was, I mean, this is really simple. I, I think the fact that they're having the situation right now in Cleveland, as far as Kyrie Irving, you know, he wants that trade. He, he put it out there. I want that. I, I want to know why that is. I, you know, you've got the best player in the world, and you've got a guy that guy, Kyrie Irving, is going to be—he's going to be a star wherever he ends up. Why can't people play with LeBron James? Is it because of his heart? Is it because of his ego? Is it just because that you know playing with quote unquote the greatest player to play the game today is hard to do because of the ego and what it what it demands? I I think there's there's a sort of. Uh pre-Badonna attitude with LeBron now. Um, I think because, and and he's even said it, you know, coming out of his own mouth that he's the greatest player in the world right now. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he, the fact that he feels that way and he knows that now there's, there's the entitlement to go out and continue to get the best team possible. Well, the problem with that is, if an owner or a GM or the franchise as a whole is not willing to pay luxury tax, then they're not going to do it. So right. it's not like it's not like you know every team is willing to do that. Golden State was willing to do that. Um, uh, you know, so the fact that Cleveland's not willing to go out and and, and pay an extra tax is because one guy wants, uh, you know every single, you know, 
all, all the, you know, he wants Carmelo Anthony traded to Cleveland. He wants Dwayne Wayne to come to Cleveland. Uh, he wants Derrick Rose to come to Cleveland. Whoever else is trying to come to Cleveland, well, it's not your choice whether the franchise decides to go over the cap and pay a luxury tax or not. So, that, that, and that's the thing. People are not used to seeing uh, a team say, no, LeBron, you're not going to get it your way. And it, and it was like that in the beginning, in the beginning in Miami. But then Pat Riley kind of started to give in, and he brought in Ray Allen, and he brought in mm-hmm. – um, you know some of these other guys that he was that he wanted to play with. So, and they weren't big name, big money guys, but it kind of started to feel like that's that's where it was going. Where, uh, you know, he they he was starting to get his way. On top of that, because Miami wasn't winning anymore, um, you know, and this is this is just LeBron being LeBron. We've all come to know him as, as this. Right. Uh, once once he stopped once he stopped winning, it's like okay, time to move on. Right. And um, that that's that's the feeling that people are getting now. Uh, with uh, and I and I think that's the big thing why Kyrie Irving is deciding to trade as well because he, the thing is, he probably knows or has a very strong feeling that this is LeBron's final year in Cleveland. And LeBron's going to move on somewhere else, especially if they right. don't win the championship. And Kyrie Irving does not want to get left behind, Sonny. That is what I really feel is the situation with the Cavs. I don't really necessarily think it's that they can't get along or anything like that. Um, I think there there might be a little bit to do with it. And uh, LeBron is thinking, you know, to the future. Um, but I think Kyrie is more about, well, crap! If LeBron's going to leave, I'm not. Gonna, I don't want to be stuck here with this team. Like we're 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 trash without him. So Good I'm going to do the franchise. I'm going to do the franchise a favor. Trade me now. Get what you can. Build for the future. Because I'm telling you right now, LeBron's leaving after this season, and they might want to look in, into getting something for Kevin Love. They're going to lose in that trade. But damn, you better get something for him, whether it's a second round well, pick. Does he leave if they win the championship, Cuervo? Well, that's the thing. Like I mentioned, if they win the championship this year, um, you might be able to squeeze one more year out of LeBron. But Kyrie's not taking that chance. He's like, I'm. I don't blame him. It's a, and it's a good idea. But here's the thing I'm going to tell you right now, Claire, but it, it, it just goes to show if that be the case. And I think I'm right there with you. I think I'm, 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 I'm in full agreement with what you said about that situation. These guys, it's not like they don't talk. I, so something, like you said, was said that made him feel very uncomfortable about being there. And like you said, I mean, does Kyrie Irving want to be the superstar of the Cleveland Cavaliers without LeBron James? That could be the situation as well. But I think I think we got a big, great big combo of things, realizing that, I mean, I'm not sure where Kyrie's contract is and what it's all about. I'm not sure where it is. I'm not sure if it's long or what. But to me, I still go back to the fact that if it is the situation to where he foresees LeBron leaving, and I'm the one that's going to be stuck in this hellhole that would be Cleveland. Um, 
I, I get it and understand, but would it be easier for them to then be able to get some players to help them that are very good players, maybe not superstar quality, but maybe find that, you know, find that diamond in the rough, so to speak, and then maybe make a play for it with the Kyrie Irving being the superstar of that team. It tells me that maybe Kyrie Irving isn't feeling very comfortable about being that superstar on that team either. So with all that being said and where it, it lies right now, you know, I, I got to ask myself two questions. Is it that? And why aren't people wanting to play with LeBron James? Why are people breaking their neck, Cuervo, to play with this guy? I mean, you know, supposedly the best player in the world. And it goes back to what you said, Cuervo. It's about ego. It's about, it's about you know, having a, a swagger that is, is ego-driven more so than proven by passion. And we talk about that on this show all the time, Cuervo. Where's the passion in this guy? He's more of an entertainer with the, with the chalk in the air before the game and everything else. That doesn't show passion. That shows that he wants to be an entertainer. So when people are playing good money to see a guy play a sport, I think they want to see passion for the sport, not being entertained. Because if it doesn't say WWE before it, they don't want the entertainment. They want the passion. They want the game. Yeah. No, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it, it's it's one of those things where it's like people start to question. Okay, what's what is what is the passion? Why why do you play this game? Why do you? Uh, what are we here to? What are we here to see? Are we here to see a guy that just wants to be the entertainment for the night, or are we here to see a basketball game? We're here to watch. Yeah. You know, the Cleveland Cavaliers win a basketball game. Which one is it? So. I think it really is one of those things where, you know, like you said, when you've reached a certain level of success, of popularity like LeBron James has, um, you start to forget what your priorities are. And um, I feel like he's he's gotten to that point in his career where his priorities are, are are a little out of order. And um, you know, and he'll tell you on camera that it's about winning, but the real LeBron, with no no cameras in on, yeah, who who knows? I mean, is yep. it, maybe it's money, maybe it's money, maybe it's popularity, maybe it's. Uh, I mean, it can't be women because he's married with children, so that's not it. So well, that I mean, never stopped pop- anybody swearing up. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'll tell you what. For as much as I dislike LeBron, I, one thing I don't think he is is, is a guy that is going to go out and and commit adultery and, and and be seen with you know strippers and all this other crazy stuff like some some guys do. I can honestly, I I, I mean, if and if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But I don't see LeBron being that type of guy. I just don't. But you know, when you have a certain amount of money, when you have a certain amount of fame, it wouldn't surprise me either. So, yeah, it, it, but, you know, I, mean, but I think, I think now, if some, if some chick on the side had LeBron James, we'd know about it. You might be correct in that. You you can't, you can't be the I mean, chick on their side with LeBron James without your lips flapping. I, I just, I think I mean, that what, would, that, I think it'd be a requirement. 
I mean, look what, yeah, look back, look back at what happened with Kobe Bryant, Sonny. I mean, how fast did we find out about all that stuff that happened? Yeah, and, and how exactly. huge it got. Well, he how said they hit somehow. You're right. How many years did he keep that hidden? Yes, yeah, but as soon as it leaked, boy, it it was all over the place. So yeah, I mean, once it broke, and yeah, yeah, I mean, so, but I don't. I don't know. I, he doesn't. He doesn't cross as that type to me. Um, but you know, I don't know him from from the next person, so I don't know right. him from Adam. Yeah. But you know, well, that, that's that's it, my opinion. I, I think there's something to be said about that as well. There's you know, there's got to be something in the, in the round. Well, here's you know, keeping it in basketball, but we'll finish up this first hour in basketball. So let's do that because I, I a story that never stops giving is LeVar Ball. I mean, this this guy, oh I, I'll tell you. Now, granted, I don't know what he does with this basketball team. I think it's like an amateurish kind of thing going on. But he he gets all bent out of shape and all mad, and he pulls off his basketball team and forfeits a game. Uh, and the quote in reality coming from the big baller himself, God, I hate that name. Um, it, it is is that he he, he was he doesn't want his players to have to play with cheaters, and, and I don't. And maybe maybe I'm a maybe I don't get it. Maybe I don't understand. And, and I don't know if you heard the story, but Levar Ball uh, pulled his basketball team off after some calls were being uh, made against his team, and then all of a sudden. That he doesn't want his team out up on the basketball court. I'm. I. I just want to know what that is all about. I mean, do you, I mean, it, it just to me, it sounds like a guy taking his ball. You know, he's getting his ass whipped, and then he's going to take his ball and go home. Um, and so I, I don't know. Maybe it's me. I don't. Do you know anything about this, or what would your feelings be? I mean, I'm pretty sure you heard about it. Yeah. Well, I saw the video, um, and they, you know, they showed it this morning on ESPN. Basically, the ref comes across the court to call a foul or something like that. LeVar Ball gets upset. Uh, he gets technical, and from there, um, he pretty much told his team to walk off the court. They forfeit the game. To me, I mean, for all that talk and to give up on a game that quickly, bro, you just lost a lot of credibility, a whole lot of credibility. Because Didn't have much to, in the to, first place, but yes. Well, yeah, you're right. Credibility as in for the ones that were supporting his antics. Um, and a lot of them now today are kind of like, dude, you just quit on your on your basketball team. You quit. The coach quit. Not a player. Uh, a, the coach himself pretty much quit on that game because of a technical foul they got called. I mean, if if a coach did that all and think about how many tech how many games would be forfeited in the NBA if that happened in, in in the NBA. How many how many games would be forfeited if that happened? So and and he's supposed to be, you know, a guy that raised his sons and especially Lonzo to be, you know, these 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 tough guys that never quit and oh we never lost, that whole never lost thing. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, it looks like looks like you uh you lost that one, man. So 
Yeah. I can't say that anymore. But, you know, again, I mean, it's it's the ego thing that, that we talked about just, a, you know, a few minutes ago. Um, you know, he's, he's just as bad as, as some players are. And, um, yeah. I mean, my thing is, you know. I, I think it's. All the all the talk is is no more. I think you're right. I I think there's you know that that whole thing you know that the the feeling that take your ball and go home is is a coward way out, and that's what I get. Oh, and and it, 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 hey hey Cuervo, it fits who he is anyway. All you got to do is look at the way he talks and how he talks and when he talks. I mean, he talks about a lot of things. I mean, it, it, it takes a big man to say that I could beat Michael Jordan in a one-on-one when you oh, didn't geez. hardly spend any time in the NBA. I mean, that's a coward he, thing. I don't think he made it to the NBA. No, he made it. I think, I think he, he was it. in the – wasn't he in it? I mean, I think he had a team, and then he – I'll look it up while we're talking about it, but – I mean, this guy's the biggest coward in sports right now, and why people are falling for it is beyond me. And I, and here's the thing: I don't think it's going to stop. Where well, that's that's another problem in itself because not not only not only this guy, he's going to give us something to talk about all the time because the guy's just. And I'm just going to put it out there, and I don't care who wants to rip him. The guy's the guy is dumb. He's not smart. You can say whatever you want about being a marketing genius and everything else, but when it comes outside of trying to promote his guy, you know, with stupidity, so there's no real respect behind the promotion, um, you know, the guy is a pretty dumb guy anyway, and he's a racist. Yeah, I said it. He's a racist because your son doesn't go out up on the WWE and say the N-word unless he's learned to do it or he hears it all the time. And you know where he's hearing it. He's hearing it from home. So, you know, he's a racist as well. So in the racist remarks about um, his son's teammates over at UCLA, you could say it wasn't racist, but it was racist. And then you got your son doing the same thing. So when you got a house full of thugs and punks, and that, not those punks. Um, it, then, then you get this guy. You get and and hopefully his son will break the image because his younger his younger brother is his dad. So hopefully, you know, the first year in L.A., you know, he can break away from an image. You want to talk about a guy that needs an image change? That would that would be ball. Um, get away from your dad and change your image. That's the only thing that's going to help you in your career because if he stands behind it and continues with it, Cuervo, I think that will be the detriment of this guy, this young cat's uh, career. I honestly believe it, and and I don't know if I don't know if Magic Johnson's going to be able to do anything about it. Um. Well, I mean, I I don't know either, Sonny. I mean, he he seems like a very stubborn individual, so. Uh, he's going to yeah. do what he wants, when he wants. And, and How do you break stubbornness? You being in the military, Cuervo? Okay, I, I'm going to ask mm-hmm. you this question. I know the answer. I live with a military person, so I know the answer. But how do you break stubbornness? Uh, is there, there's only one way to do it in reality, Cuervo. You're dealing with, and especially young cats, but in older, you know, you deal with the young cats, but... How do you break stubbornness and to learn what's good for the, the, you know, good for everybody more so than just yourself? Um, you beat it out of them, Sonny. <laughs> no, I don't, I, 
<laughs> no, you're just you just make it uncomfortable for them uh, in exactly. reality to yes. get it out of them. Yeah, it, exactly. It's just, it, it, it's just that it, that's just the way it is. And I knew the answer to the question before I answered it, but or, or asked it. But you know, unfortunately, until he gets away from it, you know, it, it, hopefully his son recognizes it and can distance himself well. But unfortunately, he's his father's son, so he's kind of stuck with it. Um, but I don't know. Will the bar ever change? I don't know. I think the the people that are going to suffer are going to be his kids. And the $495 tennis shoe is going to flop, and everybody knows it. I think the writing's on the wall. They made a big, big mistake by not doing what they needed to do. I think they were going to sell the brand for some crazy odd money, and they didn't do it. Um, So I think that's what's going to come back. It's almost like being on Shark Tank, and you have a shark you know, going to give you everything, and you you weasel out of a deal for five percent that they could have helped you on. It, it just seems stupid to mm-hmm. me, but that that's another story in itself. But yeah. anyway, um, it, it is what it is. Well, we're going to take a quick break here, wherever We're moving to the top of the hour. When we come back, there is a lot of NFL that we're going to talk about. I think you're salivating to get ready for that. Uh, so we'll do that. We'll get back and we'll get into the NFL when we come back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show at our at the top of our number two. We'll be right back. In 1998, Scooter's Coffee was born. Co-founders Don and Linda Eccles began their amazing journey when they opened up their first drive-thru coffee house in Bellevue, Nebraska. Their motto is, amazing people serving amazing drinks, amazingly fast. Scooters only roast from the top 10% specialty coffee beans in the world. And their specialty? The Caramelicious. If you're new to Scooters, you can't go wrong with ordering this rich, velvety caramel gem. So make sure you check out Scooter's Coffee, located at Rowlett Road in the 66, with a convenient drive through so you can get onto your business real quick. That's Scooter's Coffee, located in Rowlett. selling your home could be the single most important decision you make in your life. You need someone with the experience and know-how to help you through this decision. Brian Chadwick of JP and Associate Realtors has you covered. Knowing the specifics of the Rowlett and Rockwall area is his specialty. Contact Brian at 972-533-9059 or visit him on the web at brianchadwick.jphomesforsale.com that's Brian with a Y, not nightchadwick.jphomesforsale.com. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, learn the art of self-defense, discipline, respect, physical development, and mental focus. Become the best that you can be. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, we offer an after-school program, fitness kickboxing, birthday parties, summer camp, and homeschool classes. Check out our one-year anniversary special. Two weeks in a free uniform for $19.99. That's right, $19.99 gets you two weeks and the free uniform. Check out Chain Lee's at 469-506-4483 or visit them on the web at mychainlees.com. 
this is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about the Mitchell Law Firm. Looking for a bankruptcy attorney in Rowlett? Talk directly to your bankruptcy attorney, not their paralegal. Get a personal touch directly from Greg Mitchell. The Mitchell Law Firm handles a wide variety of bankruptcy-related matters, including litigation arising out of bankruptcy matters in state as well as federal court. We represent both individual and small business debtors in Chapter 7, Chapter 11, and Chapter 13 bankruptcies. For more information, come in contact with Greg Mitchell at 972-463-8417. That's 972-463-8417. Or visit him on the web at www.mitchellps.com. Are you in need of an electrician in the Rowlett, Rockwall, or Saxe area? What kind of electrical work needs to be done, residential, business, or industrial? Contact Allen Bauer Electric for all of your electrical needs. It's important to have a qualified, licensed electrician taking care of any electrical problems you may be having so your loved one or customers are safe. We have built our business on quality for a fair price and good customer service, but of course... Give Alan Bauer Electric a call at 214-356-0197 and tell him Sonny sent you. Alan Bauer Electric, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. All right, we are back on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest-working man in sports radio, as for some reason uh, the thing is not playing when I pushed it. So, oh, there we go. Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your Internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest-working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. As we are back, finally the file played. As we are here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, it is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio. As we are all set to talk about what we talk about best, that of course being the NFL. Lots of big news going on there. We're going to be talking about, I think we're going to, Cuervo, I think it's time. I think we're going to have to start putting together divisions to talk about starting next Sunday uh, as we are moving into training camp and looking at some of the trades and the things that are happening in the NFL. And that's what we're going to do here for the next, you know, a couple hours, forever, how long tonight. I can tell, Cuervo, that you are packing. I heard the zippers from the luggage. So I know you're packing. Where are you headed out to? Oh no, I'm I'm already on the East Coast, honey. I'm I'm uh, just outside of Richmond, Virginia, right now. But uh, no, I'm not packing. I am uh, actually doing some work on my laptop. But I'm also on here with you. And yes, we're about I'd say ten to eleven days away from the first preseason game, the Hall of Fame game. So it's about yep. that time, Sonny. It's about that time to get. Uh, to get these uh, divisions broken down. 
You bet. And I think what we're going to do is we're going to, I think, I think last year we went east to west. So this year we're going to go west to east. So we're going to start off next week with the NFC and AFC West uh, divisions. Um, so I think that's where we, what we're going to do. We're going to break down those two divisions in the three-hour program that we got going on next week. So um, I think you'll be ready for it by that time, I think, right? You'll be ready to talk NFC and AFC West? Oh, Sonny, I'm always ready. You don't have to worry about that. I'm always right. ready. So we get our little background of what's going on. So let's talk about some of the things that are going on. Obviously, but before I get to the biggest news that happened, which, by the way, happened on Thursday when I was in league meetings uh, working with uh, Champions Indoor Football. But before we get to that, Cuervo, I want to talk a little bit about, as we weren't on last week, I, I did go ahead and take the week sabbatical with you um, and do the show. But one of the big things that I was talking about is Michael Vick and his comments towards Colin Kaepernick and the hair thing and all this other stuff. And uh, so I guess I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to bring it out. I'm going to talk a little bit about it with you as, um, you know, Michael Vick says that he needs quote unquote, you know, um, uh, how did he put it? Um, Hold on one second. I'm trying to remember what he said because I found it interesting. A presentable hair. Um, as far as a list of excuses to talk about Michael or about Colin Kaepernick not having a job and everything else. I, so I guess I'm going to ask Cuervo, is it the hair? I mean, to me, but to me, I, I, and I, I, I'm going to put it out there. I don't give a rat about his hair. I mean, you know, I don't even have an opinion on it. So, I guess I'm moving around the fact that this guy just doesn't have what it takes, but there are teams that can use this guy's talent. I mean, and I know we talk about it and we say it's very easy to say the guy could help the Cleveland Browns, okay? Anybody could help the Cleveland Browns. But I am still under the belief, okay, that maybe this guy has the talent, but maybe he doesn't have the right person bringing it out in him. I mean, look what Jim Harbaugh did this. He made this guy an all-pro quarterback where, oh, why can't anybody else get the job done? Why can't anybody talk to Colin Kaepernick to make him the quarterback that I think he can quite possibly be? Is it the system? Is it the coaches? Is it the combination of both? Or is it just him? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, <clears throat> I think Colin Ka- Kaepernick is, is a guy that um, – I think we. I think he's made it clear that he's uh, set in certain beliefs and certain uh, philosophy that he has on not just football but life in general. And when when people like that are, are set in their own certain ways, it, it's hard to get them to think any differently. Um, now, it's just in the football aspect, though, I think when it comes to that. I honestly feel like he doesn't trust anybody that, that he's been around since Jim Harbaugh. Bottom line, I don't think he's trusted anybody since Jim Harbaugh. And now that he's gone, um, it, it, it's kind of fall apart. You know what it kind of reminds me of, Sonny, and this is this might be going out of left field a little bit, but just because I saw it this morning, um, 
kind of reminds me of Mike Tyson's career. Okay, when Customato, his his original trainer, passed away, okay, this man adopted his cat, you know, 17, 18 years old. Once he passed away, though, what happened to Mike Tyson's boxing career? It fell apart. And that's kind of what's happened to Colin Kaepernick now. Um, you know, Jim Harbaugh is the guy that gave him a chance. Jim Harbaugh is the guy that put the football in his hands and says, all right, this is your team now. Colin, go out there and show them what you got. And ever since then, um, obviously it was good until Harbaugh left. And once Harbaugh left, I don't think the trust has been there anymore in the office of, of the 49ers franchise. Uh, the GM and, and, and even the coaches, I don't think he trusts any of the coaches that he's been working for. And his performance has been has been the result. So, I, I think you're like, right. I think that that's that's something that has got to be worked on. Do you see a team grabbing him up? Really, is he is he oh, as as you say collateral damage right now? I mean, Tim Tebow was collateral damage because of his religion and the media circus that that involves with the Tim Tebow. Is this guy collateral damage in reality for any team in the NFL? Um, collateral damage is. is a tough word um, just because I think that if you, you can find a coach that he trusts you can save him from a football aspect as a person forget it, it that, that, that ship has sailed a long time ago um, but from a football uh, him as a player I think he still has a lot left to give, um, but again, it's, it's going to have to has to be a situation where he trusts the coach, and um, it, you know it'll be something that he feels like he'll benefit from the most. So um, now, who that is, your guess is as good as mine, Sonny. I have no yeah. idea who that who that person could be, um, but. You know, if, if there is somebody out there that he does start to have trust in, um, you you might be able to see some of what you used to see from Colin Kaepernick, you know, four years ago. So yeah, but there's no. And, and that's the shame. That guy's gone downhill. I mean, that guy was that that two-headed monster in the backfield, quarterback and running back. That guy could run the ball. That guy was knocking them off 15, 20 yards a clip when he was running the ball. And I have to admit, through the years watching quarterbacks, the way that he did it with, with you know, that seemed very easy for him compared to some quarterbacks that were good running backs, uh, good running, you know, running quarterbacks uh, looked kind of awkward. You know, so, I mean, this guy had the grace as well. So, it's just, man, I, man, we're seeing the falling from grace from a guy that I think that could have done it. But, um, and, and, and I've come to the conclusion also, Cuervo, that I don't, I don't even fault the guy. Um, I, I, I fault the guy because I don't necessarily personally like his beliefs. But, you know, the more I'm watching Colin Kaepernick that I it just honestly believe that, Football's not his game anymore, and I don't think he can use that football fame anymore because of where he is at in his life that he can't use that to his advantage to help his cause. And so 
I think he would be pretty good just keeping it one-on-one. But the problem is you got to finance that. And how is Talon Kaepernick going to finance that? I don't know how many people are going to throw money at this guy to help him with the cause. I don't know. I, I, I'll put it out there. I don't know the politics of that. So something has to happen in order to finance what he can do. Because I honestly, I'm going to put it out there. I think Colin Kaepernick would be good for what he's trying to promote. Um, as long as he can keep his attention on that. Uh, and, and I just don't, he's one of these guys that, you know, I've been told I shouldn't, you know, walk and chew gum at the same time. I think that's what I think about Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> You were told to not walk and chew gum at the same time, Sonny? Well, well, you know, I was told I couldn't do that. I mean, you're doing two things at once. So maybe the combination of him being the activist and being an NFL player, it just can't get done. Um, you know, you can only do one really good. And that's, you know, I could, me, I could walk real good, but chew gum and walk at the same time, I might be pushing my luck. Yeah, that's what I was told. My, it was more of a shot about my coordination. I couldn't walk and chew gum at the same time. It, maybe the coordination for Colin Kaepernick is, is maybe he needs to stick to one or the other, you know, it, it, you know, because right now he's average at best at both. And I think if he was able to focus all of his attention on something, he'd be great at whatever it is, whether it be, a fo- whether it be football or an activist. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's the decision that he's going to have to make is is what's what's his passion now? Like, yeah, if it's not football anymore, that's fine. But you can't go on pretending like it's one thing, but it's really another. So you know, you can't you can't. Uh, I mean, you can do both, but you have to be passionate about both. And if you're not, then all you're doing is wasting your time. So to me, yeah, I think I I, I just. Yeah, you know, I, I just think that he has to really, really evaluate himself. Take a take a hard look in the mirror. Sit down, take a hard look in the mirror, and really ask himself the tough question of, who am I now? Am I right. not a football player anymore? Like, what is my purpose now in life? And you know, sometimes some guys are just, you know, I mean, they go from being one thing and and total 180 and, and becoming something else in life. I mean, you know, it just it just kind of happens that way sometimes. I look at Pat Tillman, Cuervo, is a, is a perfect example of that. And, yeah, you know, Pat Tillman, Pat Tillman was a great football player. Don't get me wrong. Guy turned down $3 million to play football, okay? And he couldn't do it, Cuervo. He, he saw his cause and he couldn't do it. I mean, the guy was going to make $6 million. He had a two-year, $3 million contract ready for this guy to sign, okay? And he couldn't do it. Why? Because his attention was on something else to where he couldn't concentrate on both. And there's nothing wrong with that. The fact that we've lost Pat Tillman a little bit earlier than we needed to lose Pat Tillman is a different story. Um, But... He, he couldn't do it. I think he recognized it, Cuervo, and I think that's something that Colin Kaepernick might, could learn from a Pat Tillman. And, and like I said, it's a shame Pat's not with us today, okay? But he, he could not concentrate on both of them. He couldn't do a good job at both. He could really only do, do a good job at once, and that's where he went. And his passion took him to the military and not a football field. 
That's and I think that's the decision this young man's got to make in his life because it almost you know takes away from from the position that he plays that oh yeah you can be a quarterback but you've got to put a lot into it but at the same time if he's not willing to do that now I've been hearing all the stories this guy wants to start I mean I don't think this guy's so dumb to where he realizes that he couldn't start in the NFL unless it was for the Cleveland Browns or a team that is so desperate at the quarterback position that that this guy would be able to do it but they're not going to get that dedication and it's the reason why this guy I don't think is going to get picked up because if I see the lack of dedication, guys that have been in the football business for a long time have got to see it. We're, we're, we're missing the passion. We're missing the, the LeBron James thing that would make him the greatest player of all time. He's missing the passion, and I think, and I think it's evident. Not by his actions. It's by his dedication to what he's doing. And I'm not going to put down what he's doing because I think he'd be really good at it, Cuervo. I think this guy being an activist for his causes, I think would definitely bring it to a forefront. Use the thing that he has had with the NFL to promote what he's doing. But I don't think this is a situation where you can do both. The NFL requires dedication. It requires passion. It requires to do, put all your efforts in that one position especially an NFL quarterback. Exactly. I mean, you know, not a, not everybody can do what guys like, uh, you know, Muhammad Ali did, where he was a yes. professional boxer and he also was a very active civil rights, uh, uh, you know, yep. representative. So, it, 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 but, I mean, Ali had, he was, he was determined. He was very passionate about both. And that's why I say, you know, Kaepernick has to really take a look at himself in the mirror and say, do I have that same type of, of desire, that 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 uh, you know, determination to live both lives? Because it's right. two separate lives. I mean, when when you're a, an activist for civil rights or whatever the case may be, and you also play professional sport, like you can't. Uh, you can't put half the effort or or just kind of be a part-time football player or a part-time, uh, you know, spokesperson or activist for whatever you're speaking about. Like, both of those things require your attention at all times. And right. you have, you know, you have to be very involved in, in both of those things. So if if he has the time and he has the, the will to want to be both, then... That's what it's going to be, but I, I right now, Tony, I, I think his mind is more toward going away from football. I think it is too, and then I think that's okay, you know, because I mean, you don't see too many NFL quarterbacks or just NFL players in general doing anything but football because it takes that much dedication. It takes that. I mean, you, you don't see a lot of people doing what he's trying to do. Maybe he wants to be the first to break them all, but you know. The NFL doesn't allow that. I mean, and it's and it's not necessarily good, bad, or indifferent thing, but really general managers are going to question your dedication for them to give you the money that you are wanting and demanding. And if you're not going to – and if they feel that it's not going to be worth the money to put towards a guy who's not fully into it, I understand why NFL, quarter, uh, NFL teams are moving away from Colin Kaepernick. They don't have anything to do with this stance. I, I – I think I'm past the point that 
teams are really looking at what he did as far as kneeling at the national anthem. I think people and teams are over that. It's just continually what he's going to do. You know, I mean, Muhammad Ali, like you said, had the passion for both. And I think actually, I think both of them worked well for him. His boxing, it was a fight. It was a battle to, to go in and then go do the fight and the battle of being a civil rights activist. I don't think that the fight and the battle of the NFL is helping Colin Kaepernick do, do that one job well to where he could do both at the same time. So, you know, I think it's a back and forth thing on that. I, I, I do. I, w- I wish the guy luck because I actually, you know, as much as I didn't like the, the fact that he was doing what he was doing and how he was doing, he kept up with it, Corvo. He, he didn't stop because of the pressure, which Muhammad Ali didn't stop because of the pressure. Uh, he kept going on doing it. But obviously then people were looking at him a little bit differently as far as dedication, and that's going to be his downfall as far as finding the team. And that's going to be important. Like I said, everybody thinks this guy could probably play for the Cleveland Browns. And from what I heard that his agents were looking for a starting spot and I just don't see it. So, but Colin Kaepernick, good luck to him. I hope it works out to him. I really do. Um, And I think he could do one really, really good, but the average at both. And that's not going to, first of all, get you a winning job in the NFL at the quarterback position or make the money that you want to make in order to help you be that activist. So he's kind of acting a catch-22 kind of thing going on. But that having been said, Thursday was the big day, Cuervo, wasn't it? I mean, I, I have to admit, if I was not in a meeting, I would have been glued to this. I would have been, I, I would have been there just like I was, the, you, know, uh, you know, through the OJ trial and everything else. I would have sat all day and I would have watched this, Cuervo. Mm-hmm. But – from what I watched, Cuervo, I mean, I don't know what it is about OJ. I, I and I don't and I, I talked about where I just don't care. This guy this guy just needs to find a golf course and just play golf and shut up and let him live out the rest of his life. But after and I'm glad I didn't see this because it probably would have made me mad the whole day, is is that I was watching the replays and the highlights and everything else and granted you really shouldn't do that when it's on a heated debate like this because, of course, the media is only going to show you what they want you to see. And obviously I did not sit and watch the whole thing. But the, the it, OJ is OJ, Cuervo. I mean, I, I don't know. There's just something about this guy that this guy still thinks he's in the Hertz commercial and everybody loves him. And, and that's – or the fact that he, you know – I, he, I think he knew he was going to get off. I think he knew he could use this charm. I think he knew, you know, uh, what was going on. Now, what really helped in Cuervo is they could not, in this situation, use what happened against the Goldman and uh, Nicole Brown Simpson against him during this case. And when they uh, sized it up and did – their equation on whether or not they – I don't think this guy's going to be a repeat offender. I don't. I, you know, I, frankly, I thought it was dumb for him to be there in the first place. But, you know, he did do the crime. And you know what they say, don't do the crime if you can't do the time. He did 9 of 33. Um, what, what's, what's your take on, on O.J. Simpson? <clears throat> well, Sonny, you know, obviously when – when the whole trial was going on back in 94, I think it was, mm-hmm. I was uh, I was about 12 years old. So I knew of O.J. Simpson just because 
of, you know, the history that I knew about the NFL and stuff like that. I knew he was really good uh, running yeah. back and this and that. And, but I started to watch some of the, uh, was it a five-part series, I think, on ESPN, yes. the 30 for 30 five-part special. On, it's called you know, the Made in America one. And yes, Made in America. Mm-hmm. What 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 opened my eyes to that, Tony, was it's just what you were just talking about the uh, the charisma, the the manipulative side of O.J. Simpson that I never really understood until I watched it, and you know now that he's now that he was granted the parole, uh, it's just kind of like you know. Like you said, I mean, was it something that he said? Was it something that he did? Was it because he had his daughter come up and speak on his behalf to kind of gain the um, gain the uh, the emotions of the, of the jury and uh, to, to grant him that, or the the panel, whatever it wasn't even a jury, it was like a four person panel that Not, voted yeah, on it. Was five, it, it, it was actually a five person panel there, Cuervo. And, okay, and alternates. Yeah. Okay. Well, regardless, I mean, you know, like you said, though, he knows how to charm his way out of things. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's hard for me to say that I know he committed the crime that he did or that happened 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. But him spending those nine years I fully, 100% believe that that was payback um, yes. for him for him walking free back in 1994. Uh, and so there was a sigh of relief for at least for a little while. Uh, right. He was, you know, people claimed that he was where he belonged and things like that. And uh, it's hard to say whether he's going to be back in jail or not, if he's going to do something else. I'll tell you what, though. I, I think he's got a major anger issue. Even at 70 years old now, I think it wouldn't surprise me if, if he's in the news again within the next five years, honestly. Uh, oh, I, I, I think he'll be in the news as soon as he's, you know, one week after he's released, I mean, because they're going to follow him around like crazy. So you mean be in the news for not just, you know, the uh, the uh, pictures and the, uh, uh, what's that called, the paparazzi. Um, you think there might be something besides paparazzi that he'll be in the news for? Yeah, I really do. Uh, just because I feel like, you know, he, he, he's, got, he's got an anger issue. I mean, obviously the thing that happened in you know in the nineties, uh, and then back in two thousand, what was it, eight, two thousand nine, when the this memorabilia was supposedly stolen from him, and he goes in there and he like, you know, just pretty much robs the guys. And, I mean, I don't know what his attitude is at seventy years old, but I, whatever else is out there, dude, you know. Memorabilia, let it go because, from my understanding, he's got money sitting waiting for him. So if I was him, I wouldn't be worried about all that other crap. I would just 
take take whatever money I've got saved up and go live the rest of my life and just be done with yeah, it. Yeah, go buy so a private golf Emily, course with a, with a house on it and be done with it. Right, right. Yeah. What, what else? I mean, whatever else is out there, man, forget it. It's not worth it. It's not right. worth it. That's what I'd be. If I was OJ, I, that's what I would be telling myself, Sonny. Anything else that you find out about, uh, anything else that is out there that you think is yours or you're trying to claim it, just leave it alone, dude. Leave it alone. Think about where you've been the past nine, ten years, and just let it go. Who cares? 33 years he was sentenced. He did nine years, and that judgment came down. That's the reason why I think it's payback, the same exact date that he got rid, you know, got the acquittal. I don't know if that was set mm-hmm. up that, for that to happen that way. And, this, you know, it, this was the, you know, state of Nevada handing it to OJ, you know, here, here's what you get, you know. Yeah, so I, I don't know. But, you know, I, you know, I still can't help think to myself that if this happened to us, we would be doing more years than OJ did, nine years off of a 33-year thing. We'd probably at least do 15 <laughs> Um, but, you know, he is who he is. He is O.J. Simpson. And that without without question, unfortunately, um, the whole situation is where it's at, where people are looking at O.J. Simpson and what he really is, which in reality, I, I think most Americans just want this guy to go away. I remember watching, you know, who cares, who cares. Oh, I was singing on, by the way, Wayne Sports Talk tonight, 7 p.m., um, over on the East Coast, if you want to get in, uh, I was on uh, Wayne Sports Talk's uh, message board, and uh, was no one cares. I mean, and and in the news, no one cares. Just let the guy go. And I think even to the point where I was at, where I I don't even care about O.J. Simpson anymore. Um, it's done. It's over with. Uh, nine years, you know. You know, granted, it wasn't long enough for the original offense, if, they, if you think O.J. did it, which everybody seems to think he did. Um, nine years is nothing for two lives. But, uh, you know, and, and here's another thing. Ron Goldman is going to be, as soon as he walks out of the jail, he'll have every court order delivered to him. I, I want that money. You still haven't paid your restitution. And Ron Goldman will be forever the thorn in, uh, in O.J. Simpson's side. He won't let it go. And rightfully so, by the way, um, just to make, if, if you can't be behind bars for killing your kid, I'm going to be on you for the rest of your life, and I'm going to make your life miserable kind of thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, and he, he's going he's gonna to do everything he has to do to, to do that because even to this day, I mean, he spoke the other day about him getting his parole, and, of course, he hates it. Uh, sure. You know, he feels like that's a man that should not be walking free. Um, you know, unfortunately, it's not his choice to make. So, right, as much as you hate I it, think, even though uh, how much we might agree with him. <laughs> yeah, as much as we might agree, like, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that's not your choice to make. Yeah. So uh, that whole thing, uh, that you know, I, you know, and, and I, I don't know. Every time the camera's on uh, on them, they're they're fighting back the tears. I I you know see so parts of it you know you kind of expect it from OJ. Which by the way, his reaction where I, 
I'm sorry. That was the worst acting job I think O.J. ever did, even worse than, than Airplane, the movie. It was, oh, my gosh, his reaction was it was horrible. I mean, you know, come on, O.J., give me, give me a little bit of the Academy Award. Shed the tear. Not that, <laughs> not that oh, God, it was bad, Cuervo. I, I, I tell you, he knew he was getting off too, didn't he, Cuervo? I think he, based on his attitude, uh, I think he kind of had a feeling like it was going to work out for him. Um, so, I think I think he had it kind of planned out in his head that he was gonna, he was going to get it. Yeah. So, yep. So OJ OJ will be free October first, from everything I'm hearing. Uh, so that's something for him uh, to go on now. I want to get to one of your guys, okay? And I say one of your guys because he was a Chicago Bear, um, not anymore. Uh, but uh, Josh McCown mm-hmm. talking about Brandon Marshall Cuervo, and I've got to, you know, I've got to admit, I mean, when when I read this, I was sitting here going, how the guy could really, in reality be that cool. It was unbelievable. I'm talking about Josh McCown and what he says about, you know, Brandon Marshall fashioning. Um, You know, it's really interesting. Uh, The response from, you know, was, was a class act in reality, Cuervo. I don't, did you, did you, were you able to read that story and what was going on regarding Josh McCown and Brandon Marshall? I did not, Sonny. So I'm I'm an, I'm going to be enlightened here by whatever you're about to tell me. Here we go. Josh McCown responded to the former Brandon Marshall's declaration that another season uh, with the Jets would have been unbearable, and uh, so that's one of the things that he said. But he goes on further to talk about uh, Josh McCown, um, and he's he, he goes on and says McCown who is now with the Giants, said last week that he would not have been able to uh, be on another season and uh, with, with the Jets, but he went a little bit further as far as what he was talking about. And uh, uh, Josh McCown said um, he loves him and he's entitled to opinion. I wish him the best for the Giants. We've got the direction headed and excited about I don't really pay too much attention to it just because the guy has a different opinion about things and his, and that is his opinion. I don't agree with it, but as a friend, I respect it. Now, now, if I'm not mistaken, Josh McCown is a Jet, so that's where all this is coming yeah. from. Um, could you imagine? I mean, I don't know. I, it, unbe- I thought it was kind of interesting he chose the word unbearable, bears, bears, um, and so, and so I, I thought it was interesting. Um, you know, Brandon Marshall didn't want any part of Josh McCown. I mean, but who I, does, I, right, I Cuervo? <laughs> uh, I mean, he's, yeah. I mean, he's not exactly. Uh, you're not exactly Tom Brady, so. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I mean. I mean, do you think there's me, heat I, there, Cuervo? I, I, I mean, do you, do you think there's heat between Brandon Marshall and and Josh McCown? Why would there be? Like, I, that that's that, the part I don't get is what where is the? I mean, I know they play in Chicago, obviously, but 
was it something where they didn't get along? Or yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Because, that's what I'm trying yeah, to find out. These, that's why I thought I'd ask you. You're the bear man. Yeah, you know what? I never heard anything like that, Sonny. Uh, it never did. It was all the attention was on Marshall and Cutler, as we all know. Well, everything was around surrounded around Cutler. Anytime anybody would talk about the Bears, the first question would be about Cutler. So, right. Um, but I never, to my knowledge, to what I remember, I don't remember hearing anything, anybody saying anything bad about Josh McCown, to be honest with you. Um, now, I mean, is he, I mean, is, is he the best quarterback guys have played with? No. I mean, he was struggling to stay in the league for a while, and then he got a break in Chicago, made the most of it, and, you know, he's been, he's been playing since. But um, in my opinion, I mean, I don't, I don't, that's what I'm trying to understand is where the, I guess, where the disconnect is between those two because, Everything that I remember. Didn't necessarily know about people, it. Yeah, people didn't have anything bad to say when, when McCown took over the team. So, and they were winning games. So, to me, I, I don't know. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, maybe there wasn't anything. Maybe it wasn't anything towards McCown in general. Maybe it was just the the fact that it's the, the team was. Yeah, the, the yeah the Jets as a whole is, is not a very good football team. So um, maybe it was pointed at the franchise and not McCown directly, just because he's the quarterback. Right, got it. I, I'm right there with you. I was just hoping there was something that you might have known, because I I no. honestly don't see it as a shot at, at Josh McCown per se, um, it, you know, and plus I thought he got out of town before he actually got over there. So I was just wondering about where that shot was coming from. So I thought it would be an interesting story. I read it, and it, of course it had the Bears to do with them, so I thought I'd ask you about it. But locally here in Dallas, where well, we've got to talk about a young man that, that seems to be a guy that is a lightning rod for controversy. And, yes, I'm talking about Ezekiel Elliott and the, and what's going down here in Dallas. And, and a young guy that, you know, this is a, a trend now and as far as the Cowboys are concerned. Now, before, and if they didn't know, heck, and you know me, Sonny, Sonny Clark doesn't follow college football the way, way you guys do. Um, I knew Ezekiel Elliott was a guy that was known to party. I knew Ezekiel Elliott had, you know, a couple of tips, you know, regarding bars and things like that before he was picked up by the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. So this last incident where he's got a problem, you know, you know regarding – you know, being in a bar doesn't surprise me. I, I mean, and what the first, you know, to me, Ezekiel Elliott is just a very immature kid. And it kind of reminds me of one of his teammates, which is Des Bryant, which, by the way, he might be a little bit more matured, but still a scumbag. Um, you know, if Ezekiel Elliott doesn't watch it, Cuervo, he can end up being the Des Bryant version two I mean, is that a guy that can't seem to stay away from controversy and a guy that seems to need to have a babysitter at all times, wherever and whatever he does? Yeah, it's, it's starting to look that way. I mean, 
you know, and, and, and I think, and even after one season, I think you have to start looking into the fact of the Dallas Cowboys have to really ask themselves the honest question of is when it comes to Zeke Elliott, is the juice worth the squeeze? Like, yes, is, yes. Is it worth keeping a guy like this on your football team? Now, if anybody knows about having guys with the type of – it's Dallas Cowboys. It's Jerry Jones. Absolutely. He's dealt with this before, okay? Let, let's, let's be honest here. I mean, this is a guy that has dealt with this on multiple occasions. Okay, and, and, and we're going we're going yes, we're going back to the nineties here. Okay, this, uh, all right. <laughs> so, yeah. I think you know I think you already knew that, Sonny, but yes. to me I think uh you know, you gotta look at your past experience and, and really ask yourself, is the juice worth the squeeze and in keeping this guy? Um you know, I'm not saying get rid of him right now, but I mean, somebody's got to talk to him. Somebody's got to take him under his wing uh, and, and point him in it the right direction. It can't be Des Bryant. And, <laughs> well, no, it's not going to be Des Bryant. I mean, it could be. I mean, it could be somebody like Dak Prescott. I mean, besides the little scuffle, the little fight that he had uh, when he was on spring break or something, wherever he was, which he really didn't even do. A, much wrong. I think he was attacked and jumped, if I remember right. But right. I think maybe somebody somebody like him would be a good person to kind of help help him understand like, look, man, anything you do, anything you say, it's going to be on the news. Why? Because it's the Dallas Cowboys, and yes, everything we do, it gets it's going to get it's going to hit the news. It's going to hit every news station. It's going to it's going to be everywhere, and so that's something that he has to remember and he has to understand. Like, it's it's not something that is going to get. This isn't Ohio State anymore, buddy. Like, this is real. This is big time. You're talking the NFL. You're talking the Dallas Cowboys here. So this isn't uh, this isn't child's play anymore. This isn't Ohio State no more. Like, right. You have to remember that. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, whether and you got to be careful where you're going to be, you know, you, you got to just remember who you are. You're Ezekiel Elliott of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and, and I know this is horrible to say, but when you're Ezekiel Elliott and you've got a history of what you're doing, it, it, is being in a bar necessarily the right smart thing to do? And, and it goes back to the immaturity of what's going on. And things of that assert, Cuervo. So my my whole thing out on this um, is really simple. If you're not mature enough to handle it, maybe you shouldn't go there. Now, granted, coming from a 50 year old and who's you know who's seen that kind of stuff go on, you know, it's easy for me to say. But also knowing mm-hmm. young kids the way that they are and what is going to happen. You know, as far as oh, what could happen by putting himself in certain positions, it, it's not going to help his help his stock whatsoever. And in reality, um, you know, you know, and Tony Romo defends the guy, and he just says he's a he's a good kid just trying to find his way. But like you said, Cuervo, when is the uh, when do when do you 
take that situation and start to worry about who the guy is. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it has to be soon. I think it has to be soon. I would think so. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not, you know, this isn't a five-year plan to help him get out of this trouble that he's in. It's a it's a six-month plan. Like, if, right. if you can't straighten it out by the end of the year, dude, like, you know, I mean, they're just going to have to the, – the Cowboys as a franchise, they're going to have to just take it as a loss. I mean, you, you know, you, you drafted a guy in the first round, had all the talent in the world, but, man, you just can't stay out of trouble. So, um, you know, now if he was, if he was a sixth-round pick, and his name was Mark Elliott, you know, like, what would exactly. the conversation we're having now? What's the conversation we're yeah. having now? Well, probably it is going to be different. Why? Because nobody knows who Mark Elliott is, but you say Ezekiel Elliott, oh, yeah, that guy. Everybody knows who yes. he is. And um, it, I'm sorry, it, you can call it a double standard if you want, Sonny, but when you're a first-round pick, and you wear that star on your helmet, um, if you sneeze the wrong way, it's going to be on the news. It's going to get yes. attention. So, yep. That, that's, and you should know this going in, Cuervo, right? I mean, come on, right? I mean, it, yes, I mean, yes. it, it, the, the Cowboys are a tradition where if, you don't, if you're a football player and you don't know who the Dallas Cowboys are or what their history is, you shouldn't be a Dallas Cowboy. So I don't doubt the fact that this guy knows who they are. I mean, and, and where he has to go ahead and straighten up and be star worthy. And, that, and, and that's, what, that's one of the big things down here in Dallas. Are you star worthy? Meaning, are you worthy enough to wear the star to be a Dallas Cowboy? And sometimes some people will look at this young cat and say, no, he's, he's not necessarily worth it. And that's some of the rumblings that are going on down here in Dallas now. That having been said, is he on the level of Devs Bryant? I don't know. But whatever you got to do, as soon as this guy takes one step out of out his front door, he needs to have that David Wells who took care of him, uh, uh, you know, being Des Bryant. You need, you need someone with this guy to help him make smart decisions before he makes a stupid one that will affect his career as well as the Dallas Cowboys being in the news for all the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, you should be, and yeah, for all the right reasons, especially, like I said, you know, you're a Dallas Cowboy, you know, whatever, things that are going on in Jacksonville, no offense, Tony, but things that are going on with the Jacksonville Jaguars, nobody's paying attention to, let's be honest. Things that are right. going on exactly. with, you know, teams like the, um, uh, the, uh, let's let me think of another example here. Um, Cle- you know, Cleveland? Like yeah, Cleveland, the Colts. You know, the teams that, that are like, eh, whatever, they suck or whatever. Nobody, nobody there's like 10 fans in this world of that team. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're kind of just shoving that to the side. Um, exactly. You know, nobody's talking about, and for as popular as the Steelers are, I mean, you got a guy in, in Martavis Bryant who was suspended for a whole year for for PEDs that that uh, is coming back this year. Nobody's nobody's mentioning him because right, exactly. You know, Good point. It's, 
know, I mean, it, it's the Steelers for one. So everybody loves the Steelers. You know, they don't do anything wrong. But um, you know, and and I think that's I think there's I think there's a perception factor too, Sonny, where you sure. know, whenever you hear something, when you hear something about the Steelers, you're kind of like, huh, I wonder what good they did now, or I wonder what they did now that to make their franchise better. It's something positive. Well, when you say the Dallas Cowboys in the news, oh, what happened now? Who did something wrong? What went wrong? It's a negative. If there's a negativity to it, and absolutely, Cuervo, and that's what's brought on themselves by the by the type of people that they go ahead and and bring on their football team. Sometimes they 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 deserve everything they get, you know. So and, and that's one of those things. Sure. But, as far as what the Dallas Cowboys are all about, you know, heck, I think even at one point we even talked about this. I mean, we, we talked about the Dallas Cowboys being not the Dallas Cowboys, but the Dallas convicts. I mean, that, you know, it, it, it's a reputation and sometimes it's hard to shake a reputation when you continually do the same thing over and over and over to keep the idea that the Dallas Cowboys are not the Cowboys, but they're the Dallas convicts. So once once you're able to shred that thinking and and what that's all about, then maybe then maybe you can do something to to change that. But if not, that you know that that's going to be something that will stay with them, you know, for a lot a long period of time. And you know, I, I don't know where. But now you mentioned the Jacksonville Jaguars, okay? Malik Jackson says that. And it's too bad I don't have the laugh track up on on the uh, thing anymore. Says the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to win the Super Bowl. Cuervo, I mean, I love confidence and I love people that can feel good about themselves or their team or whatever. But my gosh, the Jacksonville Jaguars winning the Super Bowl. I mean, are we, I mean, this has got to be a stretch, wouldn't you think? <laughs> stretch. I'm surprised the uh, the band didn't break on this one. So yeah, I mean, no kidding. I, oh I, I, I love the confidence. Don't get me wrong. I love the confidence, Sonny. I'm all about it. But you know, you, there's got to be some sort of reality at the same time that goes with that. And please, right now, <laughs> you know, the, the reality is just not there. It's just not there. Sorry, but. I- I, I would I got, love it. I would yeah. love to be able to say, hey, after last year, Cuervo, you know, the hype before the beginning of the season and everything. I mean, you remember okay. you fell for it. I didn't. I mean, the Jaguars are going to be a good team. No, they're not. And now all of a sudden we're talking about a guy with the confidence, Thanks I guess, they're going to win funny. the Super Bowl. Yeah, you're welcome. I, you know, and that's my team. I mean, <laughs> if anybody wants this team to win the Super Bowl, it's me. But they got to prove it. it. Hey, let's just say this, Cuervo. When the Jacksonville Jaguars can win 10 games in the season, then I'll take them seriously. Until then, they're right now almost – if it wasn't for the Cleveland Browns, the Jaguars could be the joke of the NFL right now. Uh, well, you know, I mean, I think, I think really, I think that's kind of a high expectation, even Sonny. I mean, if I were you, <laughs> and, and and I'm and I'm on the same boat as you are because, well, the Bears were five and eleven last year. So, um, actually, I'm sorry, three and thirteen. I gave them too much credit. Um, yeah, they were three stop and thirteen it. last year. <laughs> <laughs> Win your division. That's where it starts. Okay. Exactly. Nine, ten, eleven. It, the number of wins doesn't matter. 
We've seen a team go seven and nine and win their division. So when and when the Super Bowl, Cuervo, what was it when the Giants did it? Weren't they weren't they um, eight, they were eight and eight when they won the Super Bowl when they had to go on the yeah, run to get into the. They were or eight, were they, they nine, were nine and, seven? and seven? It was one of the two. Yeah. It was one of the two. I think it, I think it, I think they were nine and seven when they won that season and won that Super Bowl. But yeah, but yeah they, I, I, how about make I, I make a wild card? I mean, it's used once last time. I mean, I, I can look it up, I guess. But I mean, I mean, the Jaguars in playoffs, man, it's a Nazi moron, man. Make the playoffs first. I mean, you know, set reasonable goals. Make the playoffs. Make it by the skin of your teeth as a wild card, meaning that you had to win your game and the two other teams had to lose in order for you to get in. I mean, it, win that scenario first before I'm going, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, watch out for those Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I, I just can't do it yet. And as a guy that's watched this team and hope that the team does well, you know, sometimes you've got to see the writing, writing on the wall. And I don't know if the Jaguars realize that their quarterback sucks. I'm sorry. I mean, we could talk about it, and we could talk about how great Eli Manning is. But let's be honest, Eli Manning sucks. Right now, he sucks. So does the quarterback for your Jacksonville Jaguars, or mark that, my Jacksonville Jaguars, we're not going to get anywhere. You've you got to get out of the realm. You've got to go from suck to be respectful and then get into the playoffs. They are still two years away before they hit the playoffs, Cuervo. Yeah, I, I mean, I think their success lies in, <clears throat> number one, Wake Fortles, obviously. Uh, I mean, obviously, Blake Bortles, he has to have a decent year. Um, Yes. I mean, and and, and it can't be, you know, six touchdowns one game and then six interceptions the next game. It's got to be, you know, consistent across the board. Even if it's it's only two touchdowns a game, two touchdowns a game puts you at 32 if you play the whole year. That's not a bad season to throw 32 touchdowns. I mean, think about it. Ten years ago, that's top five in the league. Now it's average. You could be considered a Hall of Fame year. I mean, look at Troy Aikman. He didn't even throw 300 in his career, and he's a Hall of Famer. So, yep. um, you know, it just comes down to don't turn the ball over. It's, I know it sounds easy, and it's easy to say, but those guys get paid millions of dollars. And I and I get paid my regular paycheck to sit here and talk about it. So there's a big difference there. Um, Absolutely. You know, but, but with Huge that said, step. I mean, yeah. With that said, I mean, it's just what that's what it comes down to. I mean, it's the, yep. it's the honest truth. Don't turn the ball over. If you throw 32 touchdowns, great. And you throw one interception, 16. I mean, if, if you being a Jaguars fan, Sonny, if I told you right now that Blake Bortles is going to end the season with 32 touchdowns and 16 interceptions, would you take it? Um. <laughs> that's, that's two TDs and one pick a game. Two no, I, I wouldn't take it. I, oh, would I take it as a fan? Yes. I mean, would I take the bet? Exactly. Hell no. Um, yeah, I'll take it as a fan, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put my money up on it. Um, but yeah, I, your point. Well, very well taken. No, I didn't. 
I wasn't saying put up money on it. I'm just saying as a fan. Yeah. If I told you I'd right now it. that that's in a that's what. And and that's that's all you gotta do is just, you know, limit your turnovers. I, that's one turnover a game. It's gonna happen. Okay. Yeah. You play Tennessee. Tennessee is a good defense. Okay. You play them twice a year. You gotta play. Yeah. Uh, you gotta play Indianapolis. Eh, crazier stuff happens. Not that their defense is any good, but crazy stuff happens. Okay. Yep. You gotta face Houston with JJ Watt. He's back. So yep. have fun with that. Oh, and Jadavion Clowney. And yeah, watch then, out. Yeah, both of them healthy too. Watch out for that. Yeah. So and then depending on what the rest of the schedule looks like, I could. Uh, to me, if 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 I'm a Jaguars fan and you told me right now that that those are the numbers that he's going to end up with, oh, I'm taking that in a heartbeat because. And take the, and go where the chips may lie because that'd be the first consistent season at the quarterback position that you can build on. Because frankly, Cuervo, that's one thing that the the Jaguars have not been able to do is build on any kind of success. Now, what they tried to do is build up on false expectations from last year. Um, now they have to live up to trying to come up with an expectation. Right now. The, the only place the Jaguars can go up, but this is this right this year right now is going to be the year that Blake Bortles. And we may find out fairly quickly, by the way, uh, about Blake Bortles and what his future will be with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They get off to if they get off to a horrible season, I think it'll be the time that someone's going to have to cut the cord and say, you know what. This experiment didn't work. It was great while we were looking at it. And then Blake Bortles will go ahead and exist as a backup quarterback and go into the league of obscurity before he retires in five years as a backup. That's, and if he doesn't have a good season, Cuervo, I just wrote the book for his career. And, and we'll talk about it in five years after this season and say, Sonny, you were right. Bortles has never impressed me at the quarterback position. Never. There's never. And the reason why he might go ahead and, and, and have a good game here and there, maybe be able to put two games together very well. But it's the next four after that where he is just nothing but flat to where you can't build on this guy. So he's got to be able to put not just one, not just two, not just three, but four good games. And he can lose a game within that four games. It's how you lose football games. And that comes from turnovers. That comes from lack of concentration. That comes from lack of not knowing the defense of what's coming at you week in and week out. And a part of it's coaching, Cuervo, without question. I'll put a little bit of blame on that. But after how many years in the NFL at the quarterback position should you know your position? He should be there this year. He either takes off this year and maybe defines himself, uh, you know, in the next five years as a comparable quarterback, or he goes off in, you know, in a blaze of glory, in an obscurity um, as a backup quarterback for the rest of his career. Yeah, and I mean, you would, you would, you know, you would hope that that's not what it comes to with his career. I mean, this is a guy who's a top five pick in, in the draft just three years ago, if I remember right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and 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 you, if you're Blake Bortles, you don't want to be another statistic. I mean, think about how many first round quarterbacks exactly. turned 
turned into a, a Tom Brady like deflated football. I mean, just their careers deflated. So it never worked out. Um, you know, the careers ran flat, um, and and it just. I mean, you know, there's only so many Jamarcus Russells you can go through in this league. You know, before you finally find one, and yeah, I you know for for the Jaguars, I mean. I, I, I'll be honest with you, Sonny. I never was a big believer in Blake Bortles um, just because of where he went to school. And I still have that theory. If you don't go to a big-time school, I mean, it's, it's, you got about a, you got about a 5 to 10% chance of actually making it in this league. Nowadays. Nowadays. I mean, I'm sorry, Joe Flacco, that, that was that was. I mean, Might have been the last one, down. huh? Yeah, that that was a miracle from the football gods that was given to the Baltimore Ravens. Say, so here you go. Um, you know, I, I mean, because if you look at in today's league, think about all the all the big time quarterbacks. They went to big time schools. Okay, Tom Brady, Michigan, right? Drew Brees, Purdue, Aaron Rodgers, Cal. These are all Division One schools in the power conferences. Okay. Um, I mean, Derek Carr, you can make the argument that he's from a small school, but Fresno State's no – I mean, they, they, people know who they are. You know, Absolutely. The team, you know, that, that university is – They well throw known. the football. They throw the football, and, and it's all about the quarterback over at Fresno State. Hell, even suddenly you don't know a lot about college. You know, Fresno State's not going to be good unless they throw the football, so. Right, right. I mean, so – with that said, I mean, you think about all these, all the the big time quarterbacks. I mean, Miami of Ohio, okay, but but you got to admit, Big Ben has been a top five quarterback in the past ten years. So, well, he was he was um, before Flacco, so you, you, your theory still works. Yeah, so I mean, again, Flacco and Big Ben right now, you yes. can say are. The two guys that came from the smallest schools, out of out of the top ten quarterbacks, right now, those two yeah. are two out of ten. That is that is twenty percent. So that I mean, to me, I'm you know, you gotta you gotta come from a big time school, all right? The Carson Wentz type, I'm telling you, it's gonna fall apart. It's it's gonna fade away soon. All right, I'm sorry to say that, Eagles fans, but. He's he's not he's not going to play. But he's going to get one more year after this, Cuervo. By the way, thanks for just let everybody know. Steel Storm is listening to the show. Thanks for that. Um, but you know, Carson Wentz, he's going to get another year after. I mean, this guy can fall flat on his face this year, Cuervo. He's going to be the starter next year in Philadelphia. I mean, he's going to have the job for a while until he shows that he he can't handle it. So. Yeah, I don't think the Eagles are looking to, to draft another quarterback for at least another two, maybe three years. You would think, but but I mean, if this guy starts to catch fire and he, you know, he becomes a, a big time quarterback, then to me, I mean, again, that's 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 one of the very rare stories that you see happen where a guy from North Dakota State actually makes it in the league. You know, what it comes down to, Sonny, is, you know, do you play a high-level competition in college? And if you do, then, you know, it'll, it'll 
be something it'll be an easier transition into the NFL. Okay, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm saying if you've already started to play against NFL type talent, then you already you already kind of have an understanding of what the speed of the NFL is going to look like. Uh, the power of guys getting hit by NFL caliber players. That's why I still believe once AJ McCarron gets a chance, Sonny, he's going to blow yes. up. And he's going to he's going to become he's going to become a star. And like, I am right there with you. He's got yes. to and, and, get the opportunity. He's got to he's got to be the right opportunity. Yeah, and frankly, Cuervo, I mean, there there's some teams that could use an A.J. McCarron. Hell, we've talked about that on this show. Um, A.J. McCarron does bring that to you. Hey, and another one, that, since we're talking about Carson Wentz, another one that really comes to mind when I think about that, Cuervo, in that same, same scenario would have to be the Rams quarterback and Jared Goff. I mean, and, and I, I want to ask you, Cuervo, I think they made, the Rams made a huge mistake. A huge mistake at the beginning of last year by not giving the ball to Jared Goff to start the season out. I, I mean, I think and that, it might kill a career um, right now because everybody's coming out. I was uh, watching the NFL channel, and, um, uh, oh, who's the running back from the Rams who used to be great? Um, his name is just slipping my mind. But he's saying that the backup should be the one that should start this year um, yeah, uh, Sean Man- Mannion uh, sh- should be the starter in, in Los Angeles. And you've got a guy in st- – it, it actually does. Eric Dickerson is the one that was saying this. So, man, oh, man. I mean, what do you do now with a young quarterback? Yeah, I mean, really can make or break the, make the, break the, the career. Now, was it right for, for Jared Goff to sit? In the, I don't know, Cuervo. The answer to that question is is that he didn't win over his coach. And if you don't win over your coach, whether he said something, did something, or the coach said something that he could not feel that he can even put him in meaningless games, tells me a lot about this guy. And so, you know, when you look at a guy like Jared Goff and what he is, where he is in the second year, uh, I'm going to tell you right now, Jared Goff might be be a guy that goes away in obscurity before he even gets a chance. Yeah, I mean, but you know, he's got he's got to show he's got to show that team something this year. I mean, I know it's a fast turnaround, and, and a lot of people are like, "Well, two years isn't enough." Well, with the with the development with the with the development that these guys get nowadays. Two years should be enough. Um, you know, the, the technology. There's, there's starting bad quarterbacks that, that when when they when they get your quote unquote uh, franchise quarterback Cuervo, they're starting those guys regardless how bad they are, just to see if they can put up and and be able to do everything they need to do in order to be, you know, good enough to play this game, Cuervo. And that's one of the things well, I wonder about. Regarding Jared Goff, was that time taken away from him in order to do that? And more than the fact that I don't understand why he didn't necessarily start. He was right there in his home, you know, near his hometown and everything else. I mean, that guy, that guy, I, before the guy even stepped out on the uh, on the field court, well, the guy could sell tickets. And, and most of the season, most of the people who purchased tickets for the Rams over there in L.A. purchased them because they thought they were going to see Jared Goff. Well, and, I mean, eventually they did, but... 
And it kind of it kind of makes it brings up the argument though, Sonny. When you draft a quarterback that early, do you play them right away? Do you let them sit for a year to kind of learn? Well, what is what is the right way to go about it? And the only way to do that is you go back and you look at, okay, well, who's done it both ways? And yeah, obviously the the obvious choice uh, example for letting a guy sit is Aaron Rodgers. He sat three years before he got his chance, and right. you see what the result is. Um, well, that's a know, different situation, Cuervo. He was behind a, he's, he was behind an NFL Hall of Fame quarterback. Now, granted, that there was no love lost there, but he sure had the opportunity to learn from someone. When you're jerked off, you don't have anybody that you can turn to and, and you know, pick up the phone and say, hey, man, in that last drive of the game, you know, no one to talk to, you know, that has that kind of intelligence for him. I think that's what kills a quarterback like a Jared Goff. They don't have anybody they can depend on unless their their quarterback coach or their defense, you know, their offensive coach, you know, has that pedigree. And I think that is what might be missing, missing over in L.A. He doesn't have anybody to turn to. Aaron Rodgers, hey, let's just – I'm going to put it out there. If it wasn't for the fact of Brett, Brett Favre, I don't think we would be talking about how great Aaron Rodgers is today. I believe well, that. And that, goes, and that goes back to what I was talking about. I mean, even with a guy like McCarron, where you got to put him in the right spot. Green Bay was – I mean – you couldn't have asked for a better place for Aaron Rodgers to go to at that time. I mean, learning again, like you said, from from a legend in Favre, um, it just it just kind of worked out perfectly for Green Bay. And I think that um, you know, for a while, Indianapolis was looking like, hey, they made the right choice. They let Peyton Manning go. They brought Andrew Luck in. They drafted him. You know, kind of blew up on the scene right away. Right after those first two seasons, I mean, what has he done since then? Not a whole lot. So, um, and you can blame injuries all you want, but the numbers don't lie, Sonny. That guy has been a turnover machine in the past four, you know, three, four seasons that that he's been in the league, or two or two or three seasons. So, you know, the question now. And I think it's a fair argument. Should they have maybe kept Peyton for one more season, uh, you know, to allow him to learn, to allow Andrew Luck to learn under Peyton? And, right. You know, but you know, we can we could talk about the what ifs all we want. The point is, it well, as happen. much as I like and, the idea of what I was talking about, Cuervo, you know, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers being behind the Brett Favre, a name that still comes to my mind that I cannot believe has not been able to do is Ryan Mallett. I mean, the guy sat behind the, the best quarterback to play this game for three years and got absolutely nothing. But, you know, I mean, going to Houston, nothing. Going to Baltimore, nothing. He's still in Baltimore. Will he do something? No, he's going to back up. So, I mean, we're talking, the, you know, we're talking about the situations. I, I don't know. Maybe it's the Patriot thing. I don't know. I, you know. You know, maybe the Patriots seen the writing on the wall. What could we get for Ryan Mallett? You know, because, you know, Tom's going to be around for a lot longer, and sure enough, that's what's ended up happening. But that's a guy that really 
I mean, I think Ryan Mallett had an opportunity to be the guy. He, uh, he was, and I remember this like it was yesterday. This guy was out of Arkansas, and in the third round, it was, I, you know, he was picked up. And I thought for, uh, I, I thought Bill Belichick would make him the next Tom Brady. Well, the problem is Tom Brady has not depleted in anything as far as talent is concerned and didn't leave the door open. So I look at Ryan Mallett, had the opportunity to learn from the best to play the game. Even at that time, Cuervo, he was the best to play the game and nothing happened. So my theory being behind a, a Hall of Fame type quarterback might be flawed a little bit. I don't know. Well, you know, Sonny, I mean, there's a lot of variables. I think what it really comes down to is is the player himself. You know, how how much is he willing to take and learn from these guys and apply it? And You know, because you have a guy like Rodgers who learned under Brett Favre, and he, he soaked everything up like a sponge. And then you take guys like Ryan Mallett, spit. Even Brian Hoyer, your your favorite Brian yes. Hoyer, he's had my, under Tom my Brady buddy. as well. Yeah, <laughs> both of those guys sat for a couple of years under Tom Brady, and it doesn't seem like they learned anything. So exactly, you know, what it comes down to is are these guys willing to humble themselves and and, and learn from some of these, you know, guys that are all famers and, and and you know whatnot and. You know, they're not willing to take only there's a very few percentage of guys that are going to be willing to take the time to learn, you know, from the starter and and start applying what they learn because they feel like, well, I'm in the NFL. I don't need advice from from another quarterback and, you know, this and that. And so it, it's it's really about how bad do you want to – Improve yourself, and, and yes. that means going to ask, even going and asking the quarterback for advice on certain things. I mean, you know that that's if that's what it takes. I mean, hell, if I know if I was a backup quarterback to one of those guys, I would take everything I could from them and learn from them, and right, you know, not act like I know everything just because I got drafted and I played in college, and and and, that, and that's great and all, but. You got to remember the NFL. It's a different, it's a different beast. It's a big it's monster. Same, yeah, it's not the same game as it is in the co- in the college race. Totally different. Totally different. Totally different. So from one from one problem to another, Cuervo, Mike Williams denies the reports regarding the season-ending back surgery. Cuervo, I you know I I don't know how hard this is to get the right to get the right story. I mean maybe it's me Cuervo, but I've got to ask myself the question. I mean we can't get a good report regarding Mike Williams from the trainers or anything else. What is going on right there regarding Mike Williams? This is a big Charger guy. I mean this guy's expectations for the Chargers is to help Philip Rivers out big time. Now guess what? Now this story is surfacing. I mean, and, and what my problem is with the story, Cuervo, he's going to come out and he denies the whole thing. But the, you remember what they always say, there's always a little truth to, to a rumor. It may not be the full truth or something, but there's something going on regarding Mike Williams and that situation over there. This could be a bad thing going on 
for the Chargers heading into this season as, the, you know, obviously the move and everything else and all the things that are happening off the field, this is not the time to have a problem regarding a quarterback um, if you're the uh, Chargers. No, no, it's not. I mean, you know, um, I don't know if you're talking about something else, but I do know that uh, he may not play his rookie season. That's that's where it was coming out. Then there was another story that 19 hours, he's denying the the reports regarding the season-ending back surgery. Uh, I think it was on the 20th or 22nd or something. Um, there was there was problems with the her, uh, herniated disc in his lower back. Um, that was what was being claimed, um, and there had been some reports that he would undergo the season in his surgery. So I mean I don't understand. I mean how come we can't get a proper report on Mike Williams? Now granted, we're talking it not to steal a line from from another co-host, but we're talking about a guy that you know. His injuries and everything else should be held private, and I get it, and I understand it. But at the NFL, you put yourself out for that. Um, how come we can't get a good report on what's going on regarding Mike Williams? Yeah, you. I mean, you would you would think that uh, we can get some sort of clarity, confirmation. Yeah, some clarity, some confirmation on an injury. Um, I mean, if, you, if you're worried about. Uh, you know, the other teams in the league finding out about it, I think that should be the least of your worries. It should be about this right. guy getting the proper treatment. So, I don't know. Coming out of Clemson, right? I mean, this guy was big time in the Final Four of football. I mean, you know, th- I mean, huge. I mean, and the Chargers need this guy. I mean, and the Chargers need somebody to help, that, to help Phillip Rivers. I mean, or we're going to be talking about another quarterback, should he be considered for the Hall of Fame or not. I mean, you know, so somebody's got to be able to help Phillip Rivers be all that he can be, Cuervo. And it start, and honestly, it starts with Mike Williams, obviously, grabbing them up and doing what they needed to do in order to get him all set and ready to go uh, for this season mm-hmm. heading up. But a controversy, and out of all the things in the world, Cuervo, a back problem is not the one that you want to be rumored to have because that is a nagging injury. And if it is a quote-unquote herniated disc, that's even worse. Um, so the simple fact of the matter is is that there's something going on with this guy's back. Is it up on the level of herniated disc that has been reported by the NFL Network? I don't know. But whatever it is, that is a nagging injury. A back is a nagging injury, and it doesn't go away um, uh, unless there's time. And Cuervo, let's be honest, there's not enough time for Mike Williams to be ready to go. If he's got a nagging back injury, it will affect what he can do out on the football field. Yeah, well, no, I mean, the back is one of the worst injuries you could have as a wide receiver. I mean, you, you, you need your back. You've got to have your back. So, um, honestly, I think as long as the Chargers are up front about it now uh, and and they get this kid the everything that he needs, I mean, there's no telling. I mean, maybe he's going to heal faster than they expect and he could play the second half of the season. I'm on the pup list. 
and see what happens from there. Um, Don't you think this is a big enough problem that the Chargers need to address it right away? I mean, I, granted, there's not a lot out there in the wide receiver. There's some, there's some quality guys right now that are free agents that they could bring in. I mean, it, to me, the Chargers not making, not making that jump to find someone maybe proves the validity that it was a BS story. But at the same time, if well, you're the Chargers, there's something wrong with this guy's back. You bet, you got to back him up. Well, Tony, you got to think. The Chargers really aren't a team that goes out and pursues free agency. They're, they're not very aggressive when it comes to free agent market. Um, you know, they may say my, they may sign one, maybe two guys, but they're not big. They're not very active in the free agent market. Uh, a lot of their their guys and their team comes from draft. You know, the guys that they draft. So. Um, they're not very active on the free agent market, so and, and I think that's part of why they don't they haven't looked at anybody they haven't looked at anybody in the free agent market because they're not really a team that does the whole free agency thing. So I you know I don't know I I look at it and. I, I, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, if you're the Chargers, aren't they? I mean, sooner or later, you got to see the writing on the wall. I mean, if something's up or something's got to change, you got to do something about it. Especially, we're not even talking about the season starting yet. We're not even in training camp, and you got your guy. And, and let's be honest, Cuervo, they drafted this guy to be the guy. There's no question about that. And now already we're hearing those stories. So that's that's something that really kind of keeps it tough for me to wonder, you know, what you can do. So. I don't know. You know, as we move into this free agency, a lot of things are going to be talked about, a lot of things that are going to be going on um, as far as news and notes. This is one that I think really affects, and we're going to talk about this next week. How much will this affect the Chargers when we're talking about the AFC West and quite possibly the best division in football right now? Um, You know, what are they going to have to do? They're going to have to do something so, I mean, if I see the writing on the wall, Cuervo, not that the Chargers have never listened to me, but when the writing's on the wall, the guy that you want to make a big impact that is getting stories like this, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm picking up the phone, man. I'm calling some agents. I got I to gotta figure out what I'm going to do about the Mike Williams situation, regardless if it's true or not. You've got to be ready for it because it is the back. I mean, whatever the problem is, there's a back problem. The severity of it, I guess that's yet to be determined in reality because no one's talking about it. All they're doing is denying the reports that uh, there needs to be surgery. Okay, great. Don't need surgery. What is the problem and what does he need to do to rehab and be ready to go? I mean, we're talking about a rookie, a guy that they went after. And we already got this problem. It, that's not a good thing for a Charger football team that cannot seem to get over the hump. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, the, the Chargers have definitely struggled. I mean, a lot. I mean, they haven't really, they haven't made any type of, to me, uh, improvements. They haven't really improved as a team. Uh, what, what have they done? To improve their team, maybe I'm missing something. But other than draft Mike Williams, 
a, a big need that they had a wide receiver. They haven't really shown anything to say that, you know, we're in it to try and win this division and get to the playoffs. To me, it's like I just kind of feel like they're slowly rebuilding. And when I say slowly, I mean slowly rebuilding. Um, I haven't seen the Chargers be very active, to be honest. So I'm kind of curious as to their method of, of trying to get better as, as a division because right now, I mean, I, I'd say, I mean, that that is a huge gap between the Chargers and everybody else. There's a huge gap. I mean, it, it, yeah. I, I can see every – I can see the, the Broncos, the Chiefs, and the Raiders all win ten games. I could see the Chargers maybe winning six or seven. That's a huge gap, Sonny. And you yes. would think with them being in a division like that, they would be a lot more aggressive to go out and get guys, and they're just not doing it. I agree. And, and when you've got a guy like Philip Rivers, you've got to be you got to give him the weapons. This is as good as Philip Rivers is. He is not Peyton. He is not Drew. He is not Aaron. He is not those guys that can make their wide receivers that are minimal. Uh, to be superstars. He needs that superstar. He needs that guy to be able to bring him over the hump. Unfortunately, he might have been able to do that years ago, but now he's later on in his career. Now he needs the help. He needs instead of trying to. So, you know, if if this is the guy that they're going to go for, Cuervo, which is good, you know, I think, you know, you've you got to be able to help him. They tried to do it by drafting the guy. Now you've got a situation yeah, you know, the Chargers got to do something because, I mean, look at Allen. I mean, this guy gets injured, you know, as soon as he steps out on the football field. Forget his first name. His last name's Allen. What's the guy, the wide receiver, always getting hurt for this team? Is it Keenan Allen? Yeah, Keenan Allen. Keenan yeah, Allen. Keenan, I mean, this, this, this guy cannot stop from getting hurt. And that guy could be big for him this year, too. So, with, with the combination of both of these guys, you know, you know, starting for him, that's going to be able to help him. But you, you need that Mike Williams. You need the guy that you drafted to be the guy to help. Um, and if they don't get him, they got to do something about it. And like you said, Cuervo, they don't go out in free agency. They don't, they don't sign that big guy, but they got to do something. So hopefully they'll be able to figure that part out as they move on. But um, with some quick news here, you know, you know, I, you know, sometimes I, I'm all for a story that beats up Des Bryant. Cowboy fans, you know that. Um, but Des Bryant being late for conditioning, I mean, th- this thing blew up, Cuervo. I, I, and I'm sorry, Des Bryant, Des Bryant being three hours late for a conditioning, uh, a conditioning um, thing that he needed to do, I mean, and first of all, should be expected. I mean, he's Des Bryant. I, and why this is any great big surprise, but actually he had a good excuse this time. I, normally this guy can't find an excuse now, but there's no question. The guy's sick. I mean, he, he, sinuses problems. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, you know, and, and I'm no Des Bryant lover at all, but I can look at him. I mean, he's been doing things out in the community, which, believe me, that's the best thing for this cat. Getting out there, getting in the community, um, you know, he spent Thursday night in Lufkin, Texas at a charity event, about $16,000 worth of barbecue for fans and, and hosted a kickball game with stars and stuff. The guy is doing what he needs to be in commu- in doing within community. 
I think we've got to give Des and you know you know Sonny Sonny Clark does not like this guy. You've got to give Des Bryant a break. If he's three hours late for a conditioning test, I think you're going to have to give the guy a slide. Why this is news, I don't know, but it, it went everywhere, Cuervo. Maybe it's because it's who he is. No, well, I mean, I, I think it has a little bit to do with it. But, again, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with Ezekiel Elliott. Look at, the, look at the helmet that he wears. Big old blue star on it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything that happens, anything that happens, with the Dallas Cowboys, it's going to get news. Chances are you probably heard that on NFL Network, yes? Well, guess who owns the NFL Network? Oh, yeah, Jerry Jones. In case you all Jerry forgot. Jones. So any type of news that the Dallas Cowboys can get, they're, <clears throat> they're going to get it, especially on the NFL Network. So to me, I, 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 I laughed at that story where – you know, are we really questioning Des Bryant's conditioning? Is that what this is about? Are we questioning his conditioning, or are we questioning what he's doing aside that's not conditioning? Like, you know, what what are we questioning here? Yeah, I mean, out of every listen, now he does. I don't like the guy, but you can't. First of all, you can't question the guy's conditioning. I'm sorry. I mean, until this season starts, and by the way, I'm not worried about Des Bryant's conditioning. I'm not worried about his talent, if I'm anybody. I'm worried about what he'll do off the field. Well, what has he been doing off the field? He's been doing great in the off field. But like you said, Cuervo, um, you know, Jerry Jones owns the NFL channel. You know, the NFL channel did not make a big deal. They reported it. That's it. They didn't dwell on it. It's everybody else. And, and, and if you're Des Bryant, you only brought that on yourself, Cuervo, because of your past. And you say whatever you want, and the NFL Network is not going to jump on it. Other media outlets are going to jump on it to make it a story because it's not about it really being a real story. It's about, you know, you know ratings. It's about clicks. It's about what you can get. This one was one I recognized as BS right away because I had heard that he had been fighting those week before. The sinus and the headaches has been a problem. The guy went out the night before, hosted a kickball game. I, you know, the, I, I got to give it to him a little bit. The guy's trying to do the right thing. And I think the media jumped in on something to try to, to help ratings at Des Bryant's ex, at his expense. But guess what? Des Bryant is the one that put himself in that position, so it, part of it is his own fault. Okay, well, I mean, but still, I mean, I don't know. <clears throat> was it a mandatory? <laughs> was it something mandatory that he missed? I agree. You know, it was just a conditioning test that they could have done three hours. He was three hours late for it. I mean, come on. Give, I mean, I, I, and this is Sonny Clark. Give Des Bryant a break. <laughs> I mean, if he if, if he missed it completely, then maybe he had something going on. Okay, but well, you know, let, mean, let's just let, let, let's just. I mean, he made it there. He was three hours late. Give the guy a break. <laughs> well, and, and but his only his only excuse was because he's sick. Well, well, he's had a sinus problem, and, and it was reported a week before that, and everything. Maybe that was the problem. You still show up, you know, but three hours late for it. So it, it's interesting for the uh, situation. I I don't know. 
it's one of those things, you know, if you're Des Bryant, you're a lightning rod player, bro, right? I mean, unfortunately, you, you brought that to yourself as well. So, um, you know, it, it is, but you go from one problem child to another, though, Cuervo, Adam Pac-Man's Jones, uh, they went ahead and he suspended him for the first game of the season for the Bengals um, for a situation that, you know, happened regarding his behavior. Um, they're going to miss the first game, and that was against, and this is a bad game for him to miss, Cuervo. I mean, they're going up against the Ravens in their regular season opener. They need you know, as much as I'm not a Pac-Man Jones fan, the guy's got some uh, problems, you know, you know, but an uh, obstruction of, uh, you know, you know kind of thing uh, of a police officer after an arrest was the, was the charge in the NFL. And listen, when you do something against the police, okay, you know, you know, he pled guilty to one count of obstruction of a police officer. You know, the NFL is going to come down on you. That's what they do. And that's a little thing. But you're talking about a league that if your socks are down for too long in a football game, they'll find you. So there you go. <laughs> yep. They, but, they find, I mean, but, they but find but you forever. Wait a this is. That's a big game for them to lose a guy. Listen, Pac-Man Jones, I, I don't know. Does he still have it? I think he does. Um, do you think they lose a lot not having Adam Pac-Man Jones in the starting lineup in week number one? Uh, I think maybe on special it's the Ravens. Teams, it, it, it hurts them a little bit. But other than that, no. I, I mean, I don't really see it being very, uh, you know, uh, deteriorating or very, uh, you know, I guess, uh, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. It, it doesn't really affect them. Uh, like I said, maybe on special teams, but that's about it. That, that's what I see. He's not, well, he's he's not a defensive back. Yeah, he's, he's not anymore. But it, when, he, no. it, when he's your only guy, I mean, can you name anybody who was a corner on the Bengals off the top of your head? The only one I have, I, the one only one I was thinking about was Pac-Man Jones. Um, so, I mean, yeah, hopefully they got. We'll we'll look through it out when we look at all the divisions and what the uh, depth chart is and everything else. So we'll be looking at that. In, you know, in uh, let's see, it's going to be let's see the AFC. They're in the AFC North, so we'll we'll be talking about them not next weekend, but the week after the weekend after that when we talk the NFC and AFC North. Mm-hmm. So we'll yeah, know who's behind I mean, them yeah. and where they'll be. Sure. Yeah, and like I said, so. I mean, I think I think at most on special teams is where it hurts them. Definitely. Interestingly enough, the Panthers go ahead and they they make a move. They release Michael Orr, um, and th- this this is just a bad bad call. Cuervo, I'm going to say it, and I'm going to call him out on it. I'm talking about the Panthers, Michael Orr, offensive line guy, 31 years old. The team announced the move Thursday that they were going to go ahead and that he failed a physical, but the physical portion that he failed, Cuervo, was the concussion uh, deal. This guy's been dealing with concussions for years and years and years. They landed him on the inactive list for seven games last year, 
and Cuervo, this is not a good story for, you know, having that whole situation. So um, this is a big story, and this is one that we can watch and follow to see what happens with Michael Orr. Now, granted, he's on the wrong side of 30, right, Cuervo? He's 31 years old, offensive line. This guy's taking a beating. So that having been said, mm-hmm. Cuervo, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, they – you know, I don't know. I don't know if releasing the guy was the right thing to do. Was there something else they could have did regarding Michael or I don't know, but man, this is not one of the best decisions made. I think regarding the Panthers, not because the guy doesn't have the talent. If you want to cut the guy because you don't think he has the talent, that's great. But guess what? It's amongst the situation regarding head injuries. And that is you, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, Cuervo, I don't think you as a football team can release this guy because of that situation. It's got to be something else. Now, granted, it does prevent him from playing football well. I will give it that. But out of all the things that you can do, get it announced that it's a concussion problem, that is going to be – is this, that's not good PR for the Panthers right now, Cuervo. They, they have enough problems. They got enough problems with PR when they're dealing with their quarterback. Now they just took a big hit regarding that and bringing back and bringing up the focus of what's going on regarding head injuries in the NFL. Yeah, that, that, and that's a big deal, Sonny. That's a huge deal. Now, I, I, maybe, uh, maybe it's a it's a situation where he gets a lot of concussions and they just don't want to deal with it. But, um, yeah, I mean, he, that, that not passing a, a concussion test, that's, that's, uh, that's big time. I mean, especially, if I'm not mistaken, he still plays left tackle. Um, chances are he was going to be blocking Cam Newton's blind side. So, uh, kind of funny, kind of, kind of ironic that we're talking about that, but, you know, um, you want to have a guy that can stay healthy that protects the blind side. So uh, now it's kind of like, where do the where do the Panthers go from here to be able to protect him? It, it, that's that's going to be a challenge that uh, Carolina is going to have to fix before the season starts. Because man, if you don't have a good left tackle in this league, Sonny, it, it's oh. I mean. Uh, it's, 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 and it's just as bad as not having a, a good quarterback. I agree with you, Cuervo. Defensive tackle, it 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 yeah, kills your offense. Kills your offense. So. Yeah, it, and, and if you remember, his story was the one. I mean, with that movie, the, I think it was called The Blind Side or something like that. That's why yeah, I, I, I'm almost sure it was about him. Yeah, it, it is. It is. That's why I said it's kind of funny how we're talking about the blind side. It's kind of coincidence, but exactly. Yeah. And, and <laughs> how that whole thing. Oh man, uh, Super Bowl champion and everything. And you know, it, I, I'm going to tell you, this is not a good story at all. And it, it puts it the focus back up on the problem of head injuries, and it, it's just not 
good. Now, granted, I might be pulling this out of proportion. I know the NFL wants to announce it and be done, and no one talk about it. And that, that's what it is. They're going to stay away from any and all head injury uh, pieces of news. And if anybody has anything to do with an NFL team, they're going to stay away from it as well. So the only way that you're going to hear about this kind of thing and what kind of thing it's going to affect, the, first of all, the player, then the team, and then the repercussions of it being a head injury are going to be shows like ours and, you know, shows that will not get an NFL channel uh, or NFL team or have anything where the NFL is going to be given them money. I mean, because I think it's an understood thing. Any news about it, report it once, be done with it, don't dwell on it. And I think that's an understanding that anybody has with the NFL in reality when it comes to subjects such as head injuries. Yeah, that's, that's one you can't mess with, Sonny. I mean, there's no cutting corners. There's no um, – you can't falsify that stuff. And if you do, you're just a yep. bad person. I'm sorry. You're just yep. a bad person if you – if you try to lie about concussion tests, and 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 that's why that's why the NFL was about to get their pantsuit off before they settled for all that. Yes, stuff and, you know, <laughs> well that could have gotten exactly. Over, you know, so I don't know. But to me, I, I that that's something you don't mess with. That, you're talking about people's health. I mean, we've seen too many guys already uh, with the whole suicide situation. You know, just yes. one is one Good too point. many, in my opinion. Yes, and, and I find it very interesting that uh, that whole situation regarding Michael Orr, and then of course you got the suicides and stuff like that that are going on. There's another guy that we're going to have to keep an eye on is Michael Orr and how that. But actually, you know, you know the 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 statement that was released, I read it and I don't remember exactly, but. It sounds like this guy's in a good frame of mind about being cut. But, man, if you're the Panthers, I think you've got to make a different decision, not only for the head, the head injury thing, but just from a PR standpoint. You just don't release a guy because of a head injury, especially right now. It's bad pub. It's not good business. You know, whatever you do, I mean, you, you hold on to the guy. You don't release him and make it, well, now we don't want you. You got a head injury. Oh, my gosh, that sends such a bad, bad message. And they're making the biggest mistake that I think that they can make right now by making the move of what they did. Whether it was to save money or whatever the case may be, hey, that contract behind closed door Cuervo could have been renegotiated and to help this guy. This is a big mistake, and this is going to blow up in the Panthers' face as well as the NFL. You don't cut guys because of head injuries. This is, and it's going to be, it's going to be a problem. You know, because this is the first time I've heard of this. Where about a team before the season starts, they cut them for a specific reason being concussion syndrome. It's not good business for the NFL. It's not good business for the Panthers. And it's it's gonna be a PR nightmare for that team. Oh God, it's terrible business. Terrible business because <clears throat> what that what that you know what it tells me, Sonny, that the team doctors on that team they're lazy. They are lazy, hugely. Yes, and and they're not willing to deal with guys that have concussion problems. They're not willing to deal with guys that have head injuries. What the hell is your purpose then? Exactly. You don't want to do Thank that. you very much. What, what is your purpose? <laughs> like, okay, fine. 
maybe they just don't want to deal with guys that, you know, they want to deal with the guys that have the minor injuries. Like, oh, if you have right. a, you know, if you have a broken leg, oh, we'll help you out all day. But concussion, no, we're not touching that. Now, exactly. at the same time, I can kind of understand that too, Sonny, because you make a mistake and that's your job and you could get sued. If you make a mistake yep. on a diagnosis or something like that, um, you know, that, that, that's big time. However, however, uh, you went to school for how long? And you learn exactly how much about head injuries and concussions, and you would think these guys know better. And I don't know. To me, it's a double-edged sword because it's like if you deal with them now, it's like the it's in your hands on whether somebody plays or not, and you're getting pressure from coaches and and team you know, the owners and like, oh, this guy's got to. We got to have him play. Just, just, just say that he's good. If you don't think that's going on, Sonny, you're just a fool. You're a fool yes. if you don't think that these doctors have pressure to magically clear these guys to be able to play. Um, and, and, and as a team doctor, it's kind of like you know, there's a lot of pressure that's put on you. So, I can, right. it, it, like I said, it's a double-edged sword. I can see it from both sides where. As a doctor, you don't want to deal with it, but at the same time, if you don't deal with it, then it's like mm, it, should, it, it, it could be perceived as you know you don't want you're you're being lazy about it. So, um, but I think for the most part, from what that sounds like, because of the fact that it's the off season, that's laziness. To me, that's yes. laziness. I- I agree, and, and and it is. It's going to blow up and say, and this is. This is not going to be talked about on Colin's show. This is not going to be it, but I'm going to tell you right now, this, it may not be this year, Cuervo. It, it, it may be years down the road, but we're going to hear more from this story. You know, when it happens, why it happens, that's going to be the next question. But I will tell you, this is not the thing the NFL wants to remember. The, the NFL, I think, maybe should have stepped in here. You have to find a different solution besides cutting the guy for having a concussion. It, it, it's, it's just so horrible in what's going on. And, you know, when I first read it, I was like, oh, they kind of, you know, Michael Orr, he's getting older. But after I investigated on why he was, I was like, I was shaking my head through the whole thing. We have got a serious situation regarding head injuries in the NFL. And you can say whatever you want or, you know, all the problems have been solved. They're not. This is going to be a continual problem for as long as the NFL plays football. The head injuries are going to be a main focus in everything that's going on. But I love the way ESPN, NFL Channel, all these other guys that have a connection to the league itself and get money somehow from the NFL are staying away from the story and not really hitting up on it. It's a disgrace. It's bad, 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 bad business. I I, you know, and I hope for their sake they fall on their face as to where they can learn after. I mean, it's almost it's like they almost didn't learn their lesson about what you do in this situation. You, you, it's like they did not take into account 
anything whatsoever that they learned to this point in head injuries. And now they're making a huge mistake here. And this is, it's going to come back and bite the NFL in the behind. Yeah, it could. It could because, you know, like you said, I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's been such a, it's been a topic that has gotten so much attention. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's, I think it's time as a players union or just even as fans, like, I think it's fair now to ask the question, so what's been done so far? As far exactly. As these uh, these yes. question protocols and, well, you know, what's, What's the situation? We haven't talked about this for a while. Has anything changed? And boy, was that a plan, Cuervo. That is a huge plan and done on purpose, Cuervo, because it's such that lightning bolt subject in the NFL. Well, yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, you're talking about, again, I mean, it's something that potentially the NFL is going to get sued over. Exactly. And you would think think they're proactive with it. Well, I'll give you an example, Cuervo. I'm being proactive as, you know, as the director of operations at Champions Indoor Football, I am actively trying to find someone to work with us regarding head injuries within our league. I'm active, and that's what, that's what needs to be promoted, you know, as far as the NFL is concerned. They need to promote the fact that they're working on trying to find it instead of – it's a consistent burial of this problem. Why? Because it's a head injury. It has everything to do with the brain. And, boy, you take football away. They don't want any more head injury stories. There's, there's no such thing in reality, Cuervo, as a positive head injury story. And that is the problem. Until they can find that story, they will continually bury it as a situation, continually ignore I don't even want to say ignore it, because I'll give the NFL credit. At least they're throwing money around for someone to help them figure out what's going on. Now, whether or not that really in reality helps, I'll, I'll go ahead and put out there to say I don't know. But what I will say is, is that when you are dealing with the type of injury that it can be, this is have forget career ending. This is life ending. This is life altering situations that are going on. And and here's another thing, Cuervo. They should have seen this coming a mile away before it even happened in the first place. I mean, how many you know former football players can't even walk? How many former football players have you know kind of lost it in the mind? I mean, Tom McManus sat up on this show when he was at Radio Row right here in Dallas, and he was doing interviews after interviews and talking to guys, seeing guys that walk around that look like they are completely in left field and not even realize that they're on the NFL Radio Road. You know, former players who you see that are out there. It's sad, and I, I just... I think they're making a huge mistake as they move forward. It's going to be something that will come back and haunt them. So we got, I mean, we got it. We got it good. It's going to be something. And obviously we talk about the NFL and we're not going to back away from that story. So we'll continually watch that one and throw our opinions out about it. That having been said, of course, the name of the show, Cuervo, come, you know, coming on next week, we are going to hit and start chart and start knocking things down. Are we going to go ahead and have it all set and ready to go? 
for the NFC and AFC West next week. I know I'm going to be ready. Uh, you're going to be ready. Uh, let's just do this real quick. Name one thing in each division and the NFC and the AFC West that is going to be a, a focus of what you're going to be looking at next week. AFC and NFC West. I'm going to be – I mean, and this may sound like a cop-out type answer, Sonny, but uh, what I'm going to be looking for is the parity. The parity in, in this, these divisions because, let's face it, well, we just mentioned it earlier, in the, NFC, in the AFC West, you could, you could argue for three different teams in that division to win. Yep. Okay? Yep. In the NFC West, okay. It's a little different. I think Arizona is, is a team mm. that could surprise some people, um, especially if Carson Palmer, you can get one – Last good season out of him. Seattle, that's the wild card right there, Sonny. I mean, I honestly don't know what to expect from Seattle this year. I want to believe that they're still a 10-11 win team and will make the playoffs. Uh, However, I think with all the the off-the-field stuff and, 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 you know, as you mentioned, the, the bickering at each other, there was something else that just came out with Richard Sherman and, and how he was talking about uh, – oh, let me see if I can pull it up. It just popped up, Sonny. As, as we've been on the show, it actually popped up. Uh, let's see. It talked about oh, – More dissension, if I remember it, Cuervo. More, more things that are, that are not uh, – oh, how do you say – um, you know, you know, problems regarding coaches and players, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm, I'm, now it's going to bug me, Sonny, because I know I saw it. I know I did. So well, I, I've got to find it now because it was something. It was something about Richard Sherman stating his opinion on something, and, and for the life of me, well, I can't find it now. Well, I, I I think I saw what you were talking about. Hold on, there it is. Uh, it, it's regarding downplays. You know, Richard Sherman is downplaying the talks of the Seahawks strike, and, and whether or not you believe, you know, what he's going to be putting out. I, I vaguely went over that because we busted down on him last time we were on this show. We were talking about where we thought, you know, he really was in reality as far as the team was concerned. You know. What what's going on with with Richard Sherman? Why why is the downplay going to be what it is? And you know whether it's the team. You know I, I'm I'm like you, Cuervo. That's one of the big questions that they're going to have to ask themselves. They have to ask: Will they will they be ready to rock and roll at the beginning of the season? Will all the off the field problems that they have been having and stating that have been going on? Um, here in this offseason, how is that going to affect that team? That's what I'm looking at as far as the NFC North. You're right, Clairvo. The, the Seattle Seahawks, that's a football team that, that, I mean, they can be either really good or really bad because I don't see them being in between, Clairvo. And the, uh, on the other side, Carson Palmer, you're right. I think Carson Palmer, will they get one more year from them? I mean, I don't know. I mean, 
I mean, I, I, the money and everything, I'm not even looking at that. I'm still looking at the talent level and how long will they go. It, that's what I'm going to wonder. How long will the Cardinals go if Carson Palmer does not seem to have it right away? In other words, how quick will the Arizona Cardinals panic if they don't have what they need in Carson Palmer? That's what I'm looking on the NFC, um, the NFC um, West side. On the NFC North, uh, NFC West, I want to see if they can do it. I want to see what Andy Reid is going to do, obviously with all the talks, no Alex Smith and things like that. I want to see where they're going to be. And that's going to be the big question. My eyes are going to be on Kansas City because they have got a lot of things they're going to have to take care of. And I'm going to call him the, the, the wizard master. This guy has figured out how to win football games, Cuervo, with having a mediocre quarterback and having a stellar team all, you know, around, you know, an Alex Smith, whether it be defensively or offensively, it, this team was winning football games without wide receivers catching touchdown passes. So, you know, when you look at those situations and what Andy Reid, I'm going to be very focused in the AFC West on whether or not Andy Reid is going to be able to get the job done and they'll contend for a playoff spot. Yeah, no, that's that's a good uh, that's a good point, Sonny. Because I mean, look how close the Chiefs were to making the AFC Championship game. I mean, yes, I tell you, if they if they had a quarterback with a decent arm, let's be honest, a quarterback with a decent arm, they would have beaten the Steelers. They Without question, the they should have won that game anyway, even with Alex Smith. What they what they win yeah. that game, eighteen to fifteen or something, something stupid like that, had no business well, losing that game. Well, I mean, you got to put it this way, too. The Steelers didn't score a touchdown. They did exactly. not score a touchdown that whole game. So, exactly. And you, able, you can't let a football team not score a touchdown and you lose it. It, 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 it. And I'm not a proponent for firing Andy Reid for that being the fault. But, man, if that was anybody else, I'd be looking at the head coach going, man, we might want – we can't score one touchdown in the AFC champ, you know, and that wasn't the AFC championship game. That was the uh, uh, one, bu- the week before. But you've got to win that yeah, game. The if the Pittsburgh Steelers can only kick field goals, you've got to win that football game, Cuervo. And and that's and that's where they have to go back and reevaluate what talent they have on their team and their quarterback. You can say whatever you want. You know, you know, everybody was talking about Alex Smith and how the arm strength doesn't matter. That game right there just shows that it does, and they've got to do something about it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's it's going to be, be, be interesting as we, as we take a look yeah. at that, uh, those two divisions. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. So, so that's going to be next – Yep, that's going to be next week on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Get with us, AFC uh, and NFC West. It's going to be good. That's going to do it for us today here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Cuervo, have yourself a good one, my friend. We'll see you next week. What time will we want to do this next week? Um, Whatever's best for you, Sonny. Don't forget, I'm on the East Coast now, so I'm actually one hour ahead of you. So ah. whenever you want to kick it. How long are you over there for, Cuervo? For about uh, another three weeks. So I'll be there. I'll be here till about mid-August. 
Very good. So we'll we'll do that. So the time is going to help us. So let's do it. We'll do it next week here on the Couch Potato Sports Show for Cuervo. By the way, don't forget about Wayne Sports Talk tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard. If you're going to jump in on that Cuervo, I'm going to try to get in and listen to it as well. We're out of here, everybody. Have a good one. Bye-bye.